KUFO, Portland. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. It is one minute and 15 seconds after the hour of five in this, the month of October in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101, UFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is uh, Thursday, and welcome to day 12. It is 503-228-4101 if you would like to uh, engage with us via the telephone this morning. 503-228-4101, or you can text at 520 520- Five one five two zero five one, and uh, if you'd like the email, you can do that as well. It is Rick at RickEmerson.com. Rick at RickEmerson.com. Uh, Sarah with an H at KUFO.com. Tim Riley can be reached at Tim at KUFO.com. And uh, Greg Nibbler is Nibbler, N-I-B-L-E-R, at KUFO.com. Who wants to cringe? Anyone? Anyone? Me, please. Okay. Excellent. Right away, as soon as possible. All right. I gave myself the worst pain yesterday. How so? It was what I, I made a little note to myself, actually. This was yesterday at around 11.45. I called it an intersection of tiny pains. I gave myself a paper cut between two of my fingers. Right oh. here in that little, like, uh, I hate the word webbing, but you know what I mean. Like in the little space right between your, the little intersection between your fingers where it forms a V. Mm-hmm. Right there. Big paper cut right there between my uh, between the pinky and ring finger on my right hand. Pain? You don't know from pain. And it was on... Let me ask you this. Have you ever given yourself a paper cut on a thing that didn't even seem like it was a sharp enough piece of paper? Like, I get that a piece of uh, like printing paper or something, you know, can cut you or an envelope. But you ever cut yourself on a piece of paper that doesn't even seem capable of... I cut myself on a piece of cardboard. Oh, cardboard's the worst. But see, I wouldn't have—I wouldn't have thought that was possible. Oh. I wouldn't think it, that counts as the, paper. It's the silent killer <laughs> yes. of the paper family. <laughs> it's the thyroid cancer of the pulp uh, tree world. Excellent. All right. Well, it's only mentioned behind closed doors. The—the the great thing about—the uh, great thing about injuring yourself as frequently as I seem to is that you learn to be prepared, not unlike a Boy Scout. So every—I don't even leave the house now unless I have a styptic pencil somewhere with me. Uh, which is sort of like a, it's like chemically cauterizing an injury of some kind. So as soon as I cut myself, I immediately go to my little like shaving kit I have with me. And I bring out that uh, this styptic pencil, which costs a dollar, but it's just like a magical device. You kind of just press it against whatever, and tss, done. No more bleeding. So there you go. Anyway, because it, probably five or six times between now and the end of the show, I'll maim myself on one of these dry erase boards on the uh, on the way out of the uh, the door. Just the way that things uh, seem to work for us. It is uh, 503-228-4101. Coming up later on the day, Kelly Clark from uh, the Willamette Week will be here. We'll have another installment of Food Porn uh, as well. She's got exciting news about our friends at the OLCC. What else? Rick Springfield. Uh, we will have uh, an interview with Rick Springfield later on this morning. Um, the, the, the actor, singer, songwriter, etc. And he's going to be on uh, the next four episodes of Californication. Also, undoubtedly touching on the Californication uh, tip will be Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. He will join us and a uh, pair of tickets for you to see Anvil, the story of Anvil, as well as a performance by the band when they appear at the Wonder Ballroom, and tickets to see Juliet Lewis and her band, the Romantiques, this Saturday 
at Dante's. It's all very exciting. Uh, plus, apparently, we have some disturbing Ted Williams sound. I haven't heard it yet. Ted Williams, he was that baseball guy where they froze his head uh, at that cryogenics place, where then apparently they got bored and were kicking it down the hallway like, <laughs> like some sort of a tether ball. Yes, we'll have more about Ted Williams' frozen abused head. <laughs> That's fantastic. Frozen abused head is the worst kind, Tim. It's 503-228-4101. We're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hello, how's your sister? She's good. I'm well, sure that sounded, that was like one of those, hey, how's your sister? But yeah, <laughs> she flew into town last night, correct? No, she drove to town, actually. Her and her, and her boyfriend drove from New York. Oh, that's right. They drove all the way. What it's, did they, it's a great trip. Yeah. Wait a minute, where did they even have a car? Did they own a car in New they York? They rented a U-Haul. Oh, okay, all right. So, so they, they drove the U-Haul across the country. I, saw, I was, looked at some of their pictures yesterday. It was hilarious. Do they no longer have a car now that they are here? They do not have a car. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. I guess Portland's the place to be Yeah, I mean, they both have bikes, I mean, though. I mean, and, um, Michael, my sister's boyfriend, is like, um, you know, a bike commuter. Like, he's used to riding in New York. So I guess that's Portland true. will be nothing. Yeah, I mean, I guess getting along in, in the, the Portland without a car is, I mean, you've been training for that if you live in New York, so. Yeah, all right, but they went out and they were crazy and I had my first, you know, night of roommates when I had to wake up at three o'clock in the morning. But I have one of those beds that has the four posts and then, like, the bar across the top so right. you can kind of hang things from it. So I made, like, my own little, like, private, like, tent. Just like mosquito <laughs> netting or something? Totally. I just hung, like, this huge blanket that I have around my bed uh, before I went to sleep last night because you have to walk through my bedroom to get into the bathroom, and I didn't wake up at all. So how long are they... Well, I don't even want to ask this. I was going to ask how long they're going to live at your place. Oh, they're just staying for a couple of days, and then um, they're going to go live at my uh, my sister's friend's house. I do like the idea of you having like a like a sort of like you're a sultan or something, and you're in a bed with a sort of like like velvet drapes around it is, you. It's velvet. It's a red velvet blanket that I have surrounding my bed. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I look like kind of a crazy person. No, no, no. That's uh... I didn't wake up, and I, I know that they were out uh, pretty late. So. Are they still on New York time? Well, of course they are. So they're going to be. Are they going to be? Uh, is that going to be a thing where they're going to be? No, no, no. Come on out. It's still early. No, thankfully, when last time my sister visited me, and um, she ended up staying out late with my friends and getting drunk and uh, falling on my bed at two thirty <laughs> in the morning. I was so pissed. That's fantastic. Because <laughs> I couldn't fall back asleep, and she's just like, Zah! "I'm like, oh my god." And that's we had a rule like before she stayed with me for a couple of days again, like no waking me up. Must remember, I am a morning person. Yes. The worst part about. I mean, there's really no. I, we're not. We, we're, we try not to you know, ever complain about our jobs because you know all things. All things considered, we're, uh, we're we're exceptionally lucky to do what we do. But I will say, there is this thing, especially when you know, because we did middays for so long, and then moving to the morning shift of trying to constantly remind people you know that you are now a morning person and like you were no longer able to stay up till 3 a.m. Yep. every night and they just don't seem to grok that they don't they don't really seem to uh, to get that fact that you know when 10 o'clock rolls around like Rick Emerson has to go to bed uh, it's just uh, they don't want to process that mm-hmm. fact sometimes well well because it doesn't really seem like 3.30 in the morning actually exists that's the thing wake up in. <laughs> oh yes it does yeah. I'm sitting here every morning it is real I can I tell you I it now comes have, at the same time every morning I have not one not two but now three alarm clocks uh, in my bedroom, by the way, because I've been using my BlackBerry for the longest time. But then we had a couple incidents where uh, there was that one time that I was that I was uh, I was late, and then I think I've I've overslept a couple of times since then, and however many months we've been doing this. So the BlackBerry, and then I have the the backup alarm from Sharper Image, but that one is slowly starting to die. There's something there's like a short in one of the cables or something. That one slowly starting to go bad. So my wife has purchased a third uh, a third clock. 
But it's the variation of the thing we used to have years ago. It's that kind of zen clock where it kind of wakes you up very slowly. Like the idea is that it brings you gradually out of your out of your REM cycle no, or whatever. No, that, that early in the morning, you need to be startled away. That's my thing. Is like I can't be woken up gradually. Like yeah. I need a thing that goes, you know, and just, just like blast me. Out. So I have I've, three alarm clocks too. I have one in every corner. Like I have one next to my bed and then one in either other corner of my room. I have two at a dog's bad breath. <laughs> And the dog hears the alarm and goes, it's breakfast! It's like, <sighs> yeah. it's like no! <laughs> it's the worst thing on earth. It's like being mustard gas. I just spent $1,000 cleaning those teeth. <laughs> uh, at the news desk, is your personal savior, Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. I'm surprised your dogs don't wake you up. Uh... Well, they do sometimes. They're not uh, quite as reliable as, uh, as as I would think they would be. I think when it was just cause when it was just the one dog, when we just had Max, the alarm would go off and he would immediately jump onto the bed and land on my throat and say, "Feed me!" Uh, and I. But now that we have the second dog, I don't know what it is. It's like there's some sort of weird thing going on where there's like some dynamic where I think one of them has has mellowed the other one out somehow because they don't go elemental. I will say this also. My wife and I have a split schedule because, in other words, I get up at like 3.30. She doesn't get up to about 5.30. Oh, that's true. So how do they figure out what's going on? So I think the deal is, I think, yeah, when the dogs, uh, I think when I get up at 3.30, I think they somehow don't realize that I'm kind of getting up permanently they might think that i'm just leaving the room for a second or going to use the bathroom or you know whatever it is they think you're doing when you get up and leave and then come right back i think they don't quite get that the day has begun because it's still so dark outside mm. so fortunately that is a that's a problem for my wife to deal with earthquakes in the south pacific there have been four major quakes in the south pacific in less than 11 hours the island nation of Vanuatu has been hit where is that well it's no place important and doesn't mean anything to you but so far uh, let's see. No immediate reports of damage and no tsunami warning. So that's a good thing. Well, let's hope they don't blow up the moon tomorrow morning. Get up early at 430 because you should have a good view. We are going to send a rocket to the moon to crash into a crater to look for water. Yes, this is true. It sounds like some means some 50s science fiction movie, but we're actually shooting a rocket into the moon. I thought we uh, already discovered that there was water like last month. Well, we're looking for more. And we don't want somebody else to get all the water on the moon. That's American water, Tim. Do you yeah. want uh, Cesar Chavez sending something up there to steal all our water? Or oh. or oh. the uh, the Russians? No, I do not. The moon's water belongs to Americans. That's all the... Uh, as it should be. That's the water that's just in the moon's left eye, by mm-hmm. the way. So get up tomorrow morning at 4.30 and you should be able to see it. I'm going to be able I'm going to s- be here. When you say be able to see it, I'm going to be able to see them blowing something up on the moon? Yes. I'll tell you why. That's unnerving. That's very far away. It is. The, uh, let's see. Okay. It's going to fly into an ancient crater called Cabeus, which is 60 miles deep and nearly a mile deep. Four minutes later, a second, oh, we're, we're sending more than one. A second spacecraft will fly through the debris plume. So that we're going to be able to see a lot of dust on the moon because apparently we're trying to blow it up. And then it's going to relay the information back to Earth before smashing into the moon. Creating a second degree plume. So there's more than one rocket. There are two. If we don't hit the first time, we'll blow it up the second time. This, this reminds me of a music video. This kind of pisses me off in some way. With a rocket sticking in the moon's eye and Have it's got a big frown. this with the world? I, I, I don't we, we, don't, we don't care what the world thinks. Hey, by the way, world, we're going to be launching rockets into the moon. <laughs> Do you mind if we blow the moon into tiny pieces? Really? Okay, that's We're going to give the moon a black eye. Show of hands. So there's going to be a rocket sticking out of the moon by the time we're done. I, but my other thing is, first of all, 
Okay, it's not that I'm opposed. Oh, you can, all, you can get all honestly to see this. I just I thought we had gotten rid of the space program like last year. Didn't we have some big last year the thing last year we weren't? What are we supposed any... to do with all these rockets sitting around the warehouses? Was it all this jazz? We were going to like not not be sending anything else into outer space. Which again, I, not like I care one way or the other. Really, I suppose. But well, I care if they blow up the moon. Well, I'm I well I think we could. Well, that yes, <laughs> don't blow up the moon. That would be bad. But I thought we had discontinued the space program because our country is broke because we don't because we don't have any money and no no one here has a job or health care. So we're going to spend our money blowing up, looking for water in a place no one lives. Why don't you look for water in, oh, I don't know, a desert where people are starving? Wouldn't wouldn't this be great, though, for for like, uh, I mean, so water from the moon? Well, and we can't even. What was that thing that we tried to send to the Mars? It was like a big. It was like a boombox, basically, mm-hmm. and we couldn't even land it there without without shattering it into tiny pieces. It was one of those things, like about like two years ago, three years ago, and it was a radio, and all it had to do was land on Mars and then just like sit there and work. Like all, all it had to do was just sort of hit the ground and not crash, and yet we couldn't even do that correctly. Also, this. I was to understand that it took us, like, decades to build rockets or space shuttles or whatever. Every time we wanted to send something, it took years and years of design. So we find water last week. Like, this week, there's a rocket going to the moon. Like, we just had them sitting around in storage somewhere. We Nobody do have told rockets us. everywhere. They're just, uh... So, so anyway, well, pretty soon you'll be able to get a moon water big gulp if this, if this is so. And there's a big viewing party. You can go to OMSI in the middle of the night and watch this. So I can see the moon split in half. Uh-huh. That's... 3.30. Uh, they're going to project the impact of this rocket on the moon in its auditorium via live satellite feed from NASA. This kind of freaks me out. I, I It'll be fun. This, What's it, the worst that could happen? No moon. <laughs> we'll know, go ahead and get a new moon. You know what you are right now? You're, you're Emma Thompson in the beginning of I Am Legend, where she says, And yes, we have cured cancer. There is no possible side effect or downside. I and think it's fascinating. Flash forward. To America doesn't screw up things. Why can't we fire things into the moon and be successful? It's going to be like the beginning of Thunder the Barbarian. There will the be no moon blown up on my watch. Moon's going to break in half, and then we're all going to be riding around. And there are two moons. Horses named Ulek. All right. Well, maybe we can keep the good part of it and give the bad part to somebody we don't like. I like Sarah's observation that we haven't really cleared this with, you know, the other six billion people who live on the on Earth. Well, is is there like a disclosure contract? Like, we get to the street teamers? I, We're d- such jackasses. Well, that's the thing, right? I mean, that's as Eddie Izzard noted, that's how we sort of claim everything is with the cunning use of flags. You know, flag belongs to us. So I guess the rocket you know Russia's is going to get a, a rocket there this evening. Or China. That's probably the thing. Is we're and, and we'll find out 40 years later. Yeah. Well, didn't, <laughs> didn't we have some plan way back in the 60s um, to blow up uh, an atom bomb on the moon? Haven't I heard that somewhere? And it was not for like a conspiracy guy. That was, that was like an actual, that was a declassified document that we toyed with the idea of setting off a huge atomic bomb on the moon. Just as a show of force to everybody else on Earth, like, look at that. We can blow up stuff way over there. We can blow you up because you're just over here. And we never did it. But that's probably what this is. They're just dusting off old ideas now. But see, even if we blow up the moon and we can't have 90 anymore, at least we already have our dark curtain up. Well, I guess that's true. I mean, uh, so we're prepared for it here. All right, straight ahead, we have uh, more news from Tim Riley coming up later on this morning. CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop. Kelly Clark from the uh, Willamette Week will be here. Uh, Actor and musician Rick Springfield, as well as Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's Thursday. Stay there. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Tim Riley, the only newsman you'll ever need. When he asked what, she says, a flash, and proceeded to drop her bottoms, flash her vagina, then turn around, spread her cheeks, and flash her rear. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Then she turned around again and flashed her vagina. 
It is news. It's the uh, Rick Emerson Show. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up later on, CNN Radio Correspondent James Roop will join us from Los Angeles. Kelly Clark from the uh, Willamette Week, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. And at uh, 8 o'clock this morning, Mr. Rick Springfield. At the Ministry of Truth, this is your personal savior, Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. On this, the last morning, there could be a moon. It's 526. It's going to be sunny today. High temperatures near 70. Portland's Canron Western Construction Company will let go of 106 workers just before Christmas. Happy holidays, one and all. Most of those affected will be mechanics and equipment operators. The Portland Fire Bureau wants to spend $400,000 in a new rescue boat. The city council will review that request. This uh, newest newest. Newest health reform bill forecast claims it'll cut the deficit by $81 billion. Let's sign it today, then. This is the latest thing, uh, drafted by a key Senate committee. It would expand coverage to 94% of all eligible Americans at a 10-year cost of $829 billion. And apparently that's cheap. See, but here's the thing. I don't even really know what you're talking about. When you say, like, this latest version of, what did you call it? The latest version of the... uh... The health care reform bill. But, I mean, what does that do, exactly? What does that do? I mean, in other, so if this passes, when you say this latest version of the whatever is going to cost us $824 billion over however long. This would require... I guess my question is, if I break my leg and go to the hospital, do I have to pay something? That's all I care about. That's all anybody cares it about. It says this measure would require that millions of Americans... This is kind of like the Massachusetts thing. It requires that millions of Americans purchase private insurance for the first time and would set up a new marketplace where policies would be available. Well, that's Failure great. to obey this request would result in penalties of up to $750 per family. So they're going to force you just to buy your own insurance, which no one can afford to do already. Well, apparently, it's going to force the prices down. Uh huh. That's that's so all they claim, the... and they can't turn anyone down. That's the way that works. No salesman will call. Yes. <laughs> we guarantee that your premium will never increase for the life of the policy. I used to watch those ads all the time. Those the, 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 like Ed McMahon did those ads for whoever that was that insurance company. Oh, they're still on. But it would be four ninety five a month, and it will never increase. And I used to wonder, like, how is that even possible? Even now, I wonder how that's possible. And that was, I guess, maybe 15 years ago. But, I mean, so even even taking into account the fact that ch- things were cheaper 15 years ago, I don't understand how they were able to offer or can offer some insurance policy for $4.95 a month. What kind of insurance could you possibly be getting for 60 bucks a year? That that just seems implausible on every level. I have no – not that I distrust Ed McMahon or anything. I'm just saying I – when he would advertise those, I was, I was kind of – I was always sort of flummoxed as to how those operated. Well, he was the most trusted man in America at one point. Well, I suppose. I don't know who's taking over. Here's Tim Ryan. It certainly isn't Jay Leno, as prime time is no prime time for Leno. He began with 18 million viewers on his first night, and now he's down to 4 million. Yes, things are getting worse and worse. Averaging 5.9 viewers for the first two weeks of the season, he's down 25%. And not only is he down, he's dragging the rest of NBC's schedule down with him. Way to go, Jay. Ad buyers are uh, buying spots for pennies on the dollar. And The Tonight Show has also slid since Conan O'Brien replaced Leno and is now drawing, wow, 2.5 million viewers. Is it worth doing? So what? Is, I'm so unclear about this. So now Conan is in Leno's old slot, right? Correct. And Leno is wherever something else was. What was there before Leno? I don't know. Nobody was watching. 
<laughs> the fact that I don't know, I guess, is indication of why they did it. But you're a uh, average American. You should know. But I don't. That's the thing. I have no because if Leno is Leno on five nights a week or four. Or, I think he's on five. Five at ten. So he replaced five different shows. Yeah. He must have, right? If Leno's on from 10 to 11, which is the last hour of primetime, mm-hmm. before they go into the local news, if Leno is on from f- from 10 to 11, five nights a week, that means that Leno repl- they replaced five different things with a show that now sucks and can't get any viewers. It's gone from 18 to 4 million viewers. <laughs> NBC stations wow. in big cities are also seeing ratings drop in late newscasts. Thank you, Jay. Boy, that's the worst decision so, ever. So he's chasing viewers away. From the 11 o'clock news on local channels. It's he like, should have just gone away when he could have. Totally. I mean, that's it. go out. I mean, I was going to say go out on top, but I mean, go out at least relatively successful. I, I mean, who I, would be excited about Jay Leno? No one. That's the thing. No, I mean, I, I guess I shouldn't it, knock okay, Jay Leno so much. Go, cause, if you go back to the days when he got this job, TV was still full of mediocrity. There was really nothing on cable. Right. Right. Well, and, and he, nobody was doing anything imaginative. And you couldn't time shift anything. When Leno got the gig, there was no TiVo, mm-hmm. so you had to watch whatever was on. So at eleven thirty at night, your choice was either watch something on one of the networks, or get up and root through your pile of unlabeled VHS tapes and try to find something that doesn't, you know, that isn't boring. But nobody comes into work talking about what's on the late night talk shows anymore, like they used to. Unless it's Letterman. I mean, yeah, right unless now, he's unless, like unless he's got a we secret more about bedroom that. upstairs. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess I shouldn't fault Leno as such, because clearly he's getting paid millions of dollars to do this. So whatever. I mean, I guess as long as they pay you, you just you keep taking it until he they... He irritates you more than he does me. I don't mind him. I think he's okay. I, he only irritates me just... Be, I Here's the thing about Leno. It's, it's not even him as a person, because I don't really know anything about him as a person, because he's so one-dimensional. He seems he, like he'd be pretty cool as a person. I guess, in a, in a sort of boring way, maybe, I guess he would be nice. Like, I don't actively dislike Jay Leno, because I don't know enough about him to dislike him. But... It's just that he's not funny. He's not funny and he's not interesting and he's not, uh, you know, there's just nothing, you know, there's just nothing uh, uh, sort of um, compelling about him in any way. This, though, is just sort of staggering. The idea that NBC replaced five different programs with a guy that they didn't even like enough to keep in late night. So they wouldn't put him on at 1130, but they'd actually put him on earlier when there are more viewers, even though they wanted to dump him. So, well, in any event. Well, it's it's a nightmarish thing. This uh, text message says... Oh, my God, dude, can you go two minutes without asking a stupid question? No, the answer to that you is... Have, uh, you have on a numerous occasions. Uh, two minutes is really pushing it. Two minutes is really my outer limit. I that can't is, remember the last time you asked a stupid question. Uh, we are on the absolute, uh, in the absolute edge of the event horizon for uh, stupid queries at the two-minute mark. Here's Tim Riley. Well, uh, Pee Wee Herman has once again uh, traumatized people. <laughs> he announced he's pushing back the, the debut of his Los Angeles stage show, the Pee Wee Herman Show. Previously slated to unveil at Hollywood's Music Box at uh, Ponded this November, will now open at L.A.'s Nokia Club in January. I wish I could do the Pee Wee Herman voice because it would have made a big thing about, do you want to see my, my penis uh, just there? But in the Pee Wee voice, and then it would have been funny. I'm not sure if that's part of the show. Probably not. Well, here's the problem. Uh, He's 100 years old. Is he 100 years old? He's old. Paul Rubens is, I love Pee Wee Herman, I really do. Great character, very innovative. I, and I mean that sincerely. You go back and you watch, even now, you go back and you watch Pee Wee's Playhouse. Just a fantastic show. I mean, really, just a, a, a really, truly wonderful piece of kids' programming, which it should is be hard on the to do. Disney Channel. Uh, I don't think the Disney Channel wants to uh, align themselves with Paul Rubens even now. 
Um, I think you get, if you get caught taking out your member in a porno theater, that probably is the end of the road for you in terms of in terms of Disney. But but it, it's hard to do good kids programming, just like it's hard to write a children's book. Good kids books, I think, are hard to find. That's why it sucks so badly that he kind of got the you know that his career got sort of sidetracked. But he's like sixty. I mean, I think he's got to be. He's Paul Rubens has got to be in his late fifties at least, which makes the whole thing a little you know it just becomes a little weird at some point. Well, his uh, pe- people say his squeaky voice persona has been on the upswing. Uh-huh. Uh, and I guess his fans are upset because they already booked their flights to see the opening of the show, which what? is not going to happen. Wait, so they moved the time or just the, just the venue? Uh, they moved the date. They moved the date and where they're having it. So I heard that... Uh, I'm He's also up- going to appear on the Jay Leno show. Of course, of, of course he is. Paul Rubin. We'll see what he pulls out of his hat that night that'll help Jay. I don't think it's his hat that he pulls it out of, Tim. No. I, uh, I'm looking here. Paul Rubens of Wikipedia, born 1875. That can't be right. <laughs> can't be right. <laughs> There's got to... All right, hold on a second. I swear to God, Paul Rubens, born 1875. That's got to be wrong. Why Why would it say he's born in... Oh, this is a composer named Paul Rubens. This is a, an English songwriter and librettist who was famous for his Edwardian musical comedies. Okay, that's probably not the same. No, it's not the same person. Th- that's bizarre that there's no actual... Oh, here we go. Paul Rubens, the actor. All right. Uh, how old do you think uh, Paul Rubens is, Tim? 57. He Get out of my head. He's 57. He is 57 years of age. I just took a wild guess. No, he was Good well guess. done. He's No, he's born in 1957. I, you know, I mean, again, he's, I guess if he can keep making money, I don't think he keep doing it. But it's just, it's, I did hear that now that he has brought the Pee Wee Herman character back, that he's brought back, like, essentially everybody but Lawrence Fishburne. That he's, uh, that he's got all of his sort of, uh, you know, the fictitious creatures like Cherry and whatever. And then, what's her name? Miss Yvonne. Uh, so he basically is just lacking Cowboy Curtis and the King of Cartoons at this point. And I don't know the deal with the King of Cartoons. I think he's dead. I might be wrong about that. I might be making that up, actually. I don't really know. I'm just speculating because he seemed like he was ancient even back then when the show was on. Uh, what the, Good God, it's late. All right, it's uh, 503-228-4101. We have a CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop joining us at uh, some point this hour. Coming up at 6, we have a uh, ball talk with Greg Nibbler later on this morning. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com and Rick Springfield. Stay right there. Back after this. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up at the top of the the hour, we'll uh, ball talk with Greg Nibbler. 6.35, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. 7 o'clock, Kelly Clark from the uh, Willamette Week uh, with another installment of Food Porn. And 8 o'clock, actor and musician Rick Springfield. Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines for you on this uh, Thursday morning. Lots of people are visiting the Lions at the Oregon Zoo. They set a new record. Michael Vick scores his own TV show. Toby Keith says David Letterman would talk down to him, so he refuses to be a guest. Levi Johnston is working out in preparation for his Playgirl photo shoot. And we'll have more about Ted Williams' frozen abused head. I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh. Well, he's dead. What does it matter? I mean, really, except in the sense of he his... He'd want us to laugh. His dignity. Well, I mean, look, Ted Williams continues to entertain even in death, Tim. Even though he has shuffled off his mortal coil, he continues to provide diversion and amusement to uh, to we the people. Let's welcome now to the uh, Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles. 
CNN Radio correspondent uh, and man about town, Jim Roop. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm well. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, have you followed uh, what's going on with the head of Ted Williams? Um, No. All right. All I know is that apparently there's a piece of sound. We're going to get to hear this later on today. Uh, so, you know, Ted Williams, they saved his head, uh, which is sort of like how they saved Hitler's brain, except this is real. They saved Ted Williams' head, and I guess at his request, you know, they froze. It was just the head, though, right, Tim? Like, they didn't save the rest of his body. Right. So well, I guess... What, it, what good is that? Well, see, that was my question, but apparently in the future, I, I mean, my theory is that they'll thaw the head out at some point in the future, or would have, had this story not taken an unusual turn a few weeks ago. Um, but they, they would thaw the head out and then put it on some sort of huge cyborg... Like a, a motorized cart. Yeah, like a warrior body that's made out of mechanized steel. Like Captain of, Pike. Ex- <laughs> like a rascal. <laughs> Exactly. So they can. So that's how he signals the. Uh, that's how he signals the catcher. You know. Eat, eat, eat. All right. No, no, no. It's an inside slide ball. Wow. Uh, in any event, see, I was going the Futurama way. You were going the Star Trek way. But Sorry. we met in the middle. Well done. Um, so the, the, just so you so you're aware of this. So they stored his head sort of cryogenically, but this story came out last week, I guess, or ten days ago or something, that workers now it it has come out that workers were among other things. I swear to God, I'm not making this up. This is such a horrible thing, but it's so it's so perversely funny. They were using his head as like some sort of a some sort of a play thing. I guess they were I guess they were using his head as like a t-ball batting practice kind of a thing. Where it, it, at one point they were what was it, Tim? They were propping up the head of Ted Williams on a tuna fish can, yes, and then hitting it with a wrench, a monkey wrench, which is just so awful. I mean, could you imagine the indignity? I mean. As Sam Kinison once said, you live your whole life, you fight against, you know, you have struggles and ups and downs, and, you know, and then you finally you embrace your mortality as a man, and you die, and you pass on into the next plane of existence, whatever you believe that to be, and you think, okay, well, I, have, I have faced the Reaper, I have faced death, the ultimate uh, arbiter of all, I have made it through the curtain to the other side, and at least in now, now my struggle is at an end. And yet, no, because a guy is putting your head on a tuna fish can and hitting it with a, with a monkey wrench. I mean, it's just so off the charts insane. I don't know what to say about that. I, there's no response. I mean, that's it. Like, what can you what can you say? There, there really is no... If you had asked me, to, uh, I, given 15 years, I would not have been able to guess that that's how that story would have ended. How, how do we know that happened? Is there video? Did somebody come forward? What happened? I believe there is a book that has come out. Tim, is that right. the deal? There is a, it is a book about Ted Williams' head. There's a book that has come out about, I believe, not just this company specifically, but the cryogenics industry. Mm-hmm. And he interviewed some employees of this place where they had Ted Williams and whoever else uh, frozen cryogenically. And this was like the big scandal that he that he uncovered, apparently. So it's not well thought of. I Yeah, apparently it's not a thing you do in polite society. I, I don't know if there's video of it, but... I haven't heard anybody from the company dispute it, and that and it's been out for about a week. So you think that if that wasn't true, they just go. That's that's a that's an allegation. I think you'd want to dispute were it just fabricated. You betcha. Good Lord <laughs> Almighty! In any event, um, well, moving on. You have this thing today, but you have you're talking about the the hotel sort of defaulting at at what they call charitably an alarming rate, and I would say it's a little bit more than that. I even back earlier this year, the Fourth of July. I went up to Seattle on the 4th of July, and my wife and I, we went to, I think, like Speedy or Travelocity or one of those websites, and we put in, just as like a goof, we put in, you you can set the parameters, like four-star hotel and then like 100 bucks or something. And we didn't get any hits on that, but as soon as we dropped it down to three-star hotel, less than $100, 
we had like five pages of results, which is a thing that wouldn't have been the case even like a year and a half ago. You're right. And, I mean, we were able to stay in really, honestly, one of the nicest hotels I have ever stayed in in my life for like $72 in Seattle on a holiday weekend right near the music venue that we were going to be going through, which was just uh, just unheard of. So so that's the good news. The bad news is all of those hotels might be gone in like six months, right? Well, it's a good idea when you do, if you make reservations for the holidays, let's say, you might want to double-check with hotel management or log on to hotellaw.com, and you can find out what hotels are in trouble. The downtown Los Angeles Marriott, I found out yesterday, is in foreclosure. It's owned by Leeward Strategic Properties. So it's not even a Marriott hotel, really. Really, other than it's like a McDonald's franchise situation. Right. But I mean, the guy who owns the hotel or the company owns the hotel, they're they're in default right now, and I mean, you can't get bodies in the beds to save your lives. You can't make payroll, nothing. So that's why you're getting all these great deals with uh, hotel rooms. But there are in in the 1990s, they told me yesterday that uh, 2,000 hotels uh, defaulted or went into foreclosure or failed, I should say. In this current round, they expect 2,000 in California alone wow. to 10,000 nationwide. I mean, you know, and you always hear about, like, the ripple effect and the chain reaction or whatever. And you don't – I think because you can never see the complete picture because it's just so big, you have no real way to just be – you can't really even just comprehend how huge it is and how many directions it spreads in. But, I mean, that's a perfect example of that, right? The people, you know, the guy loses his job or his job gets cut back or gas is expensive so he doesn't travel, which means the hotel doesn't get any business, which means everybody at the hotel is making less money and their jobs are all in jeopardy. Which well, then it's not just, just it's not just tourism. It's business travel is coming oh, yeah. way back, you know, so the, everybody's having trouble. But the problem isn't just that. The problem was in the peak, about 2006, 2007, there were a lot of hotel projects that got started. I mean, a lot of shovels hit the ground in 2007. By the end of 2008, the recession, well, actually, it was the end of 2007, the recession kind of hit. But by the end of 2008, you know, we're in, the, in this recession. So in 2008, the hotel industry made 5% less than it made in 2007. This year, it's expected to make 40% less than it made last year. And then next year, it's expected to make another 10% less than this year. So you're looking at a three-year trend of 55% decrease in revenues for hotels because they got all these projects going, and the supply has way outpaced demand. So you have the disconnect between the property and the building, and then you got the economy with business being cut back. So the hotel industry is in terrible shape. So right now is the time to travel if you want a cheap hotel. Well, it was, I think it was right after I came back from New York, we had this story about JetBlue that was doing like an all-you-can-fly pass or something. Yeah. Where it was for like 30 days. It was within a 30-day window, but it was like it was literally something like $299 or whatever, and you could fly as much as you wanted within the next month. Doesn't matter, you know, didn't matter anywhere that the JetBlue would fly, you could fly. See? So. I mean, and, and what's what's great is if you go to these uh, the resort type hotels, where you can get a room for a hundred bucks, and then they try to entice you to uh, dine at the restaurant and take play around of golf or go to the spa. That's how they're going to try and make their money from you. But these beds only type hotels, they're discounting their rates down to a hundred bucks or below, and they're not 
I mean, they might as well just stay closed because they're not making any money at all. What are they going to do? Jack up the price in the concession in the in the in the food machine? You know, uh, it's 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 a tough time right now for hotels, and so it's no wonder they can't make the payroll. No wonder they they're defaulting all over the place. Just make everything in the mini bar cost one hundred and seventy five dollars. It already does, doesn't it? The handwritten sign in the window. Back in seven thousand minutes. <laughs> all right. On that note, my friend, uh, it, tomorrow, next time we talk to you, we'll have the sound from that Ted Williams. Thing. So just, oh, uh, I just I, if I were you, I'd be updating my will right now. Make sure your uh, make sure your head doesn't get uh, hit with a wrench. Uh, you know, after you're dead, you don't want that. All right, my friend, have a great day, sir. You too. Seeing the radio correspondent Jim Roop in Los Angeles. Awesome. All right, we come back. Greg Nibbler with Ball Talk. More news from Tim Riley later on at six thirty-five. We'll talk to Mister Skin from MrSkin.com. Seven o'clock. Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week with Food Porn and eight o'clock. Actor and musician Rick Springfield. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is Thursday morning. Don't go anywhere. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock One Hundred One. KUFO. KUFO Portland. It is the Rick Emerson Show live from Portland. It's Rock 101 KUFO. 503 503-228-4101 is our telephone number. You can also text if you like at 52051. Coming up later on this morning at 6.35, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com uh, will be here. 7 o'clock, Kelly Clark from Willamette Week with another installment of uh, Food Porn. At 8 o'clock, we have Rick Springfield, uh, who obviously a musician, actor, etc., etc., so on and so forth, and who was in the 1978 Battlestar Galactica film, uh, which not enough people know about. Also, Wonder Woman, and I'm fairly sure he was on several episodes of The Incredible Hulk, but I could be wrong about that. I don't think I am. Tim Riley's tracking the following stories for you on this uh, Thursday morning. It's going to be a busy morning. First, we're going to bomb the moon tomorrow morning at 431. Excellent. Enjoy the moon while it's still here. We've asked permission of no one to do this. Nearly one in four people worldwide is now a Muslim. Guys with educated women live longer. And a new poll shows Don Draper is the most influential man in America. That's fantastic. Well done, Don Draper. I love that a fictional character is the most influential man. I, you know, the, the, I don't doubt it, though, because you, I was actually... Where was I the other day where they were doing... It wasn't Banana Republic, which I think was doing that whole Mad Men sort of fashion campaign. It was like a... I forget what it was called, but, Mad, but Banana Republic actually had a whole display that was basically how to dress like Don Draper. But just walking through, it was like Macy's or something, and it did seem like there was a much wider variety of that style of clothing that sort of, it's not even really retro, but it's like that kind of classic sort of 60s look mm-hmm. than there used to be. And you got to figure that Mad Men has had a huge impact on that, uh, you know, on that. Oh, yeah, but every, every guy that I know wants to have those Don Draper sunglasses. Seriously. I, you know, and I mean, do you know anybody who, even people who don't watch Mad Men, do you know a single person who, when you talk about Don Draper or John Hamm, isn't immediately just, uh, you know, doesn't gush about how in love with him they are? He's really, know, yeah. he's the most beloved man on earth at the moment. I mean, there's just no getting around but that. But as Don Draper, not, John Hamm isn't the most beloved man. I don't see, I've never don't seen. don't know what his real name is. I've never seen John Hamm interviewed. Uh, I've never seen him out of character except when he was on SNL when he's, he was still basically doing the Don Draper thing. Yeah, he's a comedian. Really? He's, he's kind of a funny guy. He's just kind of goofy. Like, and not in a sexy way. He was on 30 Rock as well. Oh, that's right. And then somebody told me that January, who was it that said that January Jones was just sort of a dial tone of a, of a person? I think, Tim, was that you? 
I, it wasn't me, but I think a lot of people think that. Uh, somebody said, and I again, Even I her character her. is. Somebody told me that they saw a January Jones interviewed. It might have been when they were on um, Oprah, and that, uh, that she was just. Uh, it didn't seem to be all that. Uh, seemed to be uh, just like an inch deep. Basically, I, I, I mean, she she barely has enough personality for a February. Never mind a January. She needs a shorter month. Bam! <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for. Wait, hold on. It's time for me to figure out where all the buttons are on my new sound effects machine. Hold on a second. It's time. This is Ball Talk. All right. I'm Greg Nibbler. Let's talk balls. So the uh, Major League Baseball playoffs started off last night. The Dodgers beat the Cardinals. The Yankees beat the Twins. And the Phillies beat the Rockies. Everything pretty much going according to plan. Uh, today, Boston is at Los Angeles. The Angels to start off their series in Colorado and Philadelphia. And St. Louis and the Dodgers play game two in their respective series. And uh, also in Major League Baseball, kind of, we have an update. On Ted Williams' head. Awesome. That's right. Ted Williams, of course, cryogenically frozen, I believe, in 2002, 2003, uh, after he passed away. Well, not entirely cryogenically frozen, only his head, uh, at the uh, labs of Alcor. And uh, this whistleblower, Larry Johnson, has a book that's coming out called Frozen, My Journey into the World of Cryonics, Deception, and Death. uh, He uh, is... uh, Coming to light with some uh, new information, I believe we have an audio clip of this, of they what's happening. Him out, they, they actually set his head on a tuna can to keep his head upright so it doesn't <laughs> topple over. I know it's, it's unbelievable. And when they pulled him out, of course, the, the tuna can stuck to the top of his head. They actually used a wrench to take a swing at Ted Williams' head? <laughs> Reared back to, to hit the can off the head, missed, <laughs> hits the head, then immediately rears back again and smacks the, the can square center, shoots it across a room. People need to know what the heck is going on in that facility. Wow. <laughs> People do need to know this. That is awesome. Um, they're going to launch Ted Williams' head to the moon. They so, need... I have a question. If someone has a cryogenically frozen head, is it like just a stump, and do they plug the stump? That's a good question. I don't really know. The, I know they're like a series of tubes coming yeah. out of the bottom of your There's head. some sort of mounting bracket like you mount a plate on the wall. So, so, so like a drama where they're all... just in a glass like bubble? Yeah, glass <laughs> enclosure so you can walk by and go through like the hall of heads or something like that. It's, I'm just picturing it on a big wooden plaque on like a, you know, on, like, in a guy's <laughs> den as he's sitting in a, in a chair with a pipe. Because he wants to keep it fresh, I'm sure, since he's going to attach it to that superhuman body someday. But I mean like... That's a really good question. Like, what is like, what's what's up with the neck? Is it just like severed and then like like flash frozen or something? I don't. And and like, how much of the neck? I mean, the neck is sold separately. But I mean, is it like just straight across, like at your larynx place or whatever, or just like like, saw through your spine? Saw through your spine. That's an unpleasant job. Well, what do they do with the rest of the body? Well, they do they bury that or without the head? See, but wouldn't you want to? Wouldn't you, you want to keep, keep that together. around, though, because... It, Maybe it's pickled somewhere. I See, but that's my theory, is that they would keep the head sort of frozen or whatever, but they keep the rest of the body... Maybe frozen in like a separate warehouse because of uh, what's it the the like stem cells or like cloning so you could then in other words so they could then clone your own parts for you later on from your extant body. But why bother cutting it off in the first place? See, I guess that's where it all falls apart. If you lean on this, then it just collapses. The logic doesn't hold. Huh? I it seems like I a need waste. to know more information about cryogenically frozen heads. This is like that thing how they will catch sharks and then they just keep the fins to make soup and then the rest of it just gets thrown away. I mean, really, I mean, if you're gonna if you have the body. Of Ted Williams. Maybe they have a 24 hour call center to find out more about this. I wish they did. Do we know the name of the company? We do. I wanted to say Alcor, but I think it that's the aluminum. Al- no, it is Alcor. I yeah. thought they made that. That's the, that's, the, that's the aluminum company. No, that's Alcoa. Oh, wait, no. Is it that political uh, canvassing organization that has all the teenage whores? That's Acorn. 
Yes, that's it. Yeah. I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. The, Maybe it's like Ted a, Williams had. I wonder if it's it like all. a price thing. Like, I wonder if there's a series of packages you can buy, and it's like you know, package number. Here we'll uh, we'll just save your fingers. Well, here's here's a little extra information. There apparently is some more sound out there. When uh, they froze his head, they inserted microphones into it while the like <laughs> while the liquid nitrogen came in, so they could record the sound of William's brain cracking sixteen times. As temperatures drop to minus 321 degrees Fahrenheit. Well, they do They do have a website. It's Alcord.org. And their response to the ABC Nightline allegations in a public statement. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was trying to keep it together there because I was just picturing us having another mystery sound contest. <laughs> Where, brain. What is this noise? Because you would never guess that it's the sound of Ted Williams' brain cracking. <laughs> well, it says... Mr. Johnson claimed he witnessed El Corstap striking Ted Williams' head with a wrench. Mr. Cohen, who was an executive with the authority over the procedure in question, also claimed he had nothing to do with the purported incident. In fact, multiple injuries verified as documented witnesses that this did not happen. It's pure fabrication, <laughs> says Alcor. So bring us your heads. I, uh, I'm back. Okay, well, where would they Free even... information. Where would they... Really? Is there like a sales kit that they'll send me? Like yeah, if a, I'll fill in your name here. You want me to. Where would they even put a microphone in Ted Williams' head? Ears. But, I, but well, aren't they filling his head with liquid nitrogen? Like where? Maybe in his well, clothes. yeah, but where they cut off at the neck? Maybe there's entry in there. Would you like a, a thirty-minute DVD entitled "The Limitless Future"? Yes, <laughs> more than you can even imagine. For the love of God! All right, we got to this. Um, it's five zero three two two eight four one zero one. We'll have uh, some supplemental ball talk news later on today. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. dot uh, com. Kelly Clark from Willamette Week, and uh, more news from Tim Riley straight ahead. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock One Hundred One KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock One Hundred One KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's Rock 101 KUFO. 503-228-4101 is our uh, telephone number, or you can text at 520-51-520-51. Coming up at the 635, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Kelly Clark from Willamette Week at 7 o'clock with another installment of Food Porn and a supplemental ball talk with Greg Nibbler. 8 o'clock, actor and musician Rick Springfield will be uh, joining us. And if you are caller 10 right now at 503-228-4101, 503 503- 228-4101. You're going to get yourself a pair of tickets to the Portland Tattoo Expo happening this weekend at the Portland Expo Center. Among the highlights, Corey Miller from LA Inc. will be there tattooing and meeting fans, plus live music, art cars, and all of that on display, too. Plus, Corey Miller will be uh, in the studio with us uh, tomorrow at 8.30. Tickets available at ticketswest.com, or if you are caller 10 right now at 503-228-4101. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth. This is Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. 626, about 46 degrees downtown. Maybe cooler where you are. It's going to be sunny today. High temperatures near 70. Well, the king of beasts is breaking attendance records at the Oregon Zoo. And they're not lying. A lion exhibit made its debut 
to an impressive showing. You thought that was still funny. A record 165,000 visited the zoo in September. It is the highest monthly visitor total in the zoo's history. The previous record-breaking attendance was last year when 160,000 came to see Sumudra, the newborn baby African elephant. Predators of the Serengeti is the zoo's newest exhibit. It has more than just lions, though. It has cheetahs, African wild dogs, red-billed hornbills, a caracal, and an African rock python. I think one of those creatures was, python that really rocks. was made up just now. I think I uh, make any of those. Up. I think the caracal is not a. Uh, that's not a real creature. A caracal, I believe that's some kind of a bird, isn't it? A caracal sounds like some sort of a musical refrain that you would do if, like, at a really strict Roman Catholic church. Caracal. And now everyone rise for the caracal. A caracal is a medium-sized cat. <laughs> how do you? Why do you? How do you just have that at your fingertips? Because I know the questions that you're going to ask me, and because I can think ahead. You're very predictable. Right? Because, as Jesse said earlier, I cannot go two minutes without asking uh, without asking a goddamn stupid question. No, it's not a stupid question. I would ask too. All right. Well, what is a caracal, Tim? A caracal is a fiercely territorial, medium-sized cat. It comes from Africa or the Middle East. It comes from the Turkish word karakurak. Meaning black ear. Oh, is that how it's pronounced? Okay. Yes. Whatever's to be will be. Well, I'm not an authority on the Turkish language, mind you. No, of course not. All right. But it uh, looks like a cat with bat ears. Oh, so it's like, like a, a watchman. Uh, I was just going to say it's like that, or uh, there is some. Uh, what is it? What is it like? A lemur? Isn't a lemur look like a cat with that with like the crazy bat ears and huge, huge Zoe Deschanel eyes? Its ears are controlled by twenty different muscles. Didn't Zoe Deschanel just marry Ben Gibbard from uh, Death Cab for Cutie? She did. All right. And I tell you that, um, yeah, well, I know Ben Gibbard from when I was younger because um, our parents, he, his dad was in the military. Did you go to a monster yeah. truck rally with his family? Went to a monster truck rally with the Gibbards. Um, and actually his sister, Megan, was a good friend of mine in high school. But um, yeah, my dad actually works with uh, Ben Gibbard's mom at the clinic and she was like talking about all these like celebrities and stuff that were there. And Zoe Deschanel of all people, which is like I never even knew that they were I, I didn't know that they were together. I, not the that first he has to tell me. Together was that I heard that they when were getting they were married. getting married. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just because the, they were because a death cab for cutie was at the with the, the Edgefield or something last year, I guess. Anyway, and he was but there was all this talk about how he was feeling all morose and down because he was because he was unlucky in love or whatever. And then it just seemed like about 6 months later that he was getting married to her. Mm-hmm. So, perhaps it was a, a whirlwind courtship of uh, of some kind. Here's Tim Riley. Well, you may see the man walking from Texas to his hometown of Aberdeen with a 12-foot cross. James Strickland has been dragging this 12-foot cross all the way from Texas. He's 39 years old. He was praying about his troubled past when he received a message from Jesus, I guess, to start walking with this cross. I wonder if Jesus was just, like, making sort of a bar bet with somebody. Like, I wonder if I can get this guy to walk from, from Texas to uh, to Aberdeen. Now, let's see if he'll do it. Ted, this is Jesus. I need... <laughs> I need I need you to walk from Texas all the way to Aberdeen. No, don't stop. No, no, no. No, and then but but then not only did, and he stopped in Oklahoma too. Don't eat anything but sunflower seeds the whole way too. That's that's the word of Jesus. I'm telling you to do this. So hopefully he'll make it. He hopes to uh, reconcile with his mother Jesus. and his two children. Really? Yes. As he as it, he goes to Aberdeen. Have, <laughs> Which is sort of like going to be I can crucified. I see him on the interstate bridge in rush hour traffic. When, when you really think about it, his uh, his family and mother who will, will stop to mop his brow every time he falls. It's six twenty nine a.m. This time check delivered to you by Cooney BMW's twenty nine minute fast and free service. Performance has an address. Cooney BMW. This is Tim Riley at the news desk. And now back to our program. 
A missing Florida woman has been found dead under eight feet of trash in her very home. From where? Florida. But it's a dead trash woman. I am you, you damn woman. I hit the Florida button like nine minutes ago. When you hit it like this? Okay. That's unfortunate. You are cheating because this is the second day in a row that I have hit the Florida sounder and you've had my sound effects thing turned down. I'm just saying. Someone could remember to. Rick Emerson knows in his heart that he would that he was the victor just there. That's well, I didn't a, want to anyway because it's a woman dead under eight feet of trash. But I mean, was it trash in her own home? Yes, it is. So it's funny. Yeah. It's funny trash. Well, the family was concerned. They hadn't heard from Karina DeCampo in many, many days. So they called police to investigate the unbelievable squalor and stench. <laughs> they See, went in using, you laughed. You laughed just I now. Not, I heard I you. <laughs> they went in using breathing gear and some poor search dogs. With, with no breathing apparatus on, that found the dead woman under uh, mounds and mounds of trash, eight feet of trash, yeah. dead. Well, that's eight feet of trash, and that's just the tipped over. I mean, that's just that's just the height of it as it had sort of collapsed on her, mm-hmm. which means it was probably 10 or 12 feet high. Wait, this was in her home? Yes. Does it, do we know the nature of the trash? We don't know. Because there was that woman in uh, was that woman in Britain a month or so ago that died underneath a bunch of shoes. Yeah, I was just thinking about my shoes. Just like shoes and handbags. Because a bunch of my shoes fell out of my closet. I guess it was a suicide. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, now the uh, Chinese are trying to kill us in our own homes. Uh, poor Bill Morgan. He moved in, into his newly built dream home in Virginia. But his hopes were quickly dashed. He and his daughter suffered constant nosebleeds and headaches, all caused by the home. A persistent foul odor filled the house. Every piece of metal indoors corroded or turned black for some unknown reason. Well, the headaches and nosebleeds haven't stopped. But it turned out that his house was built with drywall from China. Apparently, there was a big housing boom in this country not so long ago. And they imported all this stuff from China so they could sell these houses cheap. Well, now the Chinese are killing people in their own homes, contaminated with various sulfur compounds. Do you suppose it's honestly just that simple that they just had big landfills full of toxic waste and they just got some sort of a, a factory together and they just started stamping it into the shape of whatever it is they were selling to us at the time? Well, it was left over from the uh, toothpaste that they've been selling us at the dollar store. <laughs> So they decided to make it into building materials. Was that on the air off the other day? We were talking about how one of the, the, the number three Google search the other day was dollar store toothpaste. Yeah. Because I, I, apparently it's come out, I mean, to the surprise, I would think of no one. The dollar store toothpaste is perhaps not your best value, really, when it comes to, uh, as Muhammad Ali would say, whipping Mr. Tooth Decay. Because it's... Uh, I swear, it's a good rule of thumb not to put anything on your body or in your mouth from a dollar store. <laughs> As long as you can handle it with tongs or a series of uh, insulated gloves, then it's uh, probably okay. Awesome. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up here in just a few minutes, we'll talk to uh, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Top of the hour, Greg Nibbler's Ball Talk makes a return along with uh, Kelly Clark from Lamont Week, who will uh, tell us about today's installment of Food Porn. Later on, 8 o'clock, actor and musician Rick Springfield and your shot at tickets to Star Wars Live. Stay there. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Broadcasting from the greatest city on earth. Where I come from, it is normal to be gay. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's Thursday morning, and good morning to you. It's 
1041 uh, coming up in just a few minutes. We'll talk to Mr. Skin from Mr. Skin. Dot com. Also, uh, supplemental ball talk with Greg Nibbler coming up at 7 o'clock. Kelly Clark from Willamette Week with another installment of Food Porn. And at 8 o'clock, actor and musician Rick Springfield. Plus, your shot at a pair of tickets to Star Wars Live. Featuring a narration by Mr. Anthony C-3PO Daniels. So, Ryan White was here yesterday from the Oregonian. And he told that story about interviewing Anthony Daniels. And how he can just turn on that C-3PO voice uh, at will. And I got an email from a guy who said he had an encounter almost like that, where he was, it was not the elevator, but it was something very much like that. It was like standing at the front desk of a hotel waiting to check in. And he said that there was a guy, I wish I had the email in front of me, but there was a guy standing next to him checking into a hotel. And he said the guy was speaking and had this very sort of clipped, kind of very proper British accent. And he couldn't quite place who it was. He's like, that accent sounds so familiar. Because the C-3PO voice is just a variation on Anthony Daniels' own voice, but it's not quite dead on. And he said the guy kept talking and he couldn't figure out where he knew the guy's voice from. And he said he turned to Anthony. This is sort of equal parts great and creepy. It kind of gives me the chills. Where he turned to Anthony Daniels, who and he didn't know who he was at the time. And he said, pardon me, where do I know your voice from? And he said Anthony Daniels turned on the C-3PO voice and just said, I haven't the faintest idea. And then he like teetered away. You know? Oh, my God. That's <laughs> and he's, cool. <laughs> the guy was just, and it was sort of like a, you know, Kaiser! You know, sort of a thing where you just realize that he, you know, he is the guy. All verbal kint is Kaiser Sose. I want to read this before we uh, go to the news desk. This uh, involves a good uh, friend of the show, and this is... um, The next time you feel awkward after a celebrity encounter, reflect on what happened to our friend Siegfried. Yes, I've been wanting to hear this. He's in Washington, D.C. for... Siegfried is the weirdest guy. Uh, You'll hear him on the... fascinating. He really is fascinating. You'll hear him on the show from time to time because he he comes on to talk about movies and whenever there's a, you know, like a a great uh, sort of martial arts film. He films for the Timbers sometimes. He films for the Timbers or if there's like a Grindhouse thing or he, you know, he works on a lot of the uh, big movie projects around here. But he's just sort of this international man of mystery. So he's in Washington, D.C. with some other people for reasons that he never explains and which I didn't ask about. It seems improper. But he says, Rick, so I was in Washington, D.C., uh, and I met the Dalai Lama. He and Nancy Pelosi were walking. And he, this is like the, the thing about Siegfried is he never mentions why he happened to be in the same hallway as Nancy Pelosi either. But he says... He and Nancy Pelosi were walking by. I did a little bow. So he's... Because he just mentioned this casually to me yesterday. He's like, so I happened to see the Dalai Lama, and he never offered any follow-up. And if you know Siegfried, you know, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't fabricate stuff like that, but, I, but he also never elaborates. And so I emailed back, and I said, what do you mean you saw the, like, WTF, you saw the Dalai Lama? His email says, yeah, he and Nancy Pelosi were walking by. I did a little bow, and he stopped and gave me a bow. I panicked. I had no idea what the F to do with Mr. Llama at that point. I have to say it was the whitest white guy bow ever, and I should be shot or doused in a Buddhist grease fire. Plus, I didn't even get a photo. I took a photo while he was walking away, and it looked like Michael J. Fox took the photo. I am a worthless douche. <laughs> Signed Siegfried. So I told him that he has to show us at some point the photograph taken from the back of the, the, the Dalai Lama walking away. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, there you go. At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. Ministry of Truth. This is Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. 646 now, about 46 degrees here in the city. It's going to be sunny today. High temperatures near 70. A Vancouver man has been charged with reckless endangerment after he accidentally shot himself in the foot and the bullet landed in his downstairs neighbor's kitchen. This could happen to anyone. Brian Hahn was taken to the hospital and his three guns were taken away as punishment. A motorcycle is dead after his bike slid underneath a pickup truck on Highway 101 near Cannon Beach.
The truck driver tried to steer away, but it was just too late. The latest update on the Tote Board shows 150 students out sick at Oregon City's Gardner Middle School. That's nearly 30% of the enrollment now, and it keeps going up. Custodians doing the best they can to protect the healthy ones by disinfecting doorknobs. First of all, 150 students at what middle school? Where? This is the Gardner Middle School in Oregon City. How many kids go to Gardner Middle School, do you suppose? I'm wondering what percentage of kids that is. It says here it's 30%. 30% are out out of okay. 150. So that's 450 kids. I mean, I'm not saying that they're, 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 I mean, God, far be it from me to ruin a good thing that kids have got going. But doesn't it seem like that's just wildly implausible that a full third of the kids are out sick? Either A, they're faking it to some degree, which is, I guess, is fine. It's part of the student imperative, you know, to be a kid is to fake illness. It's what you do. I have no problem. It's with middle that. school, and they're the most obnoxious. Well, look, it's, any it, it, and school is just a big load anyway. I mean, it's just, it, it really, I mean, it is. You, as soon as you graduate, I mean, you, you'll realize just with absolute d- definitive clarity that they are just wasting your time for 18 years. I, I don't I remember mind saying nothing that. that I learned, and I went to college too. Here's, I don't and, remember anything. No, because and, and you, you'll never use it. Here's the proof, by the way. I have, my uh, wife spent this last weekend, uh, they went to, she went to the coast with some friends of hers and we've talked about this but like with every advancing year we become more and more the freaky childless couple uh, because everybody you know just immediately starts shoving children out of their body because that's the way jesus wants it and jesus hates elasticity he, he wants you to be spongy in every way so she's at the coast with these uh, friends of hers who have kids and one of the girls who is i think maybe 10 or 11 asks because uh, you know so my wife's got a college degree and she works in the medical field and she's very learned and so forth um, She's the smart one of the house. Yes, exactly. Uh, I just sort of sit around and grunt uh, and scratch myself. But one of the girls who was like 10 or 11 asks Laura for help with her math homework. She says, hey, can you, can you help me with this math problem? And I mean, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't like trigonometry or anything. She's like, she's a 10. And so Laura, who, uh, again, you know, you know, she's no fool. She's sitting there looking at the math homework of a 10-year-old. And I, I have difficulty believing that math homework has gotten any more difficult over the years. In fact, it's probably the opposite because everybody is not too bright around the edges these days. But she's looking at the, the math homework and she said she had no idea how to do it. It was like some algebra problem. And she said that she vaguely remembered something about how you do the outside integers first and then the last one is the inside one or something. But be, at some point, she just had to punt. She's just like, I have no idea. She's like, go to go to Google. I can't help you with this at all. And I point out that is the definitive proof that you don't use anything they teach you in school. Because if she used it, she would know it now as an adult, but she doesn't because it's a thing you it's a thing that is just there to fill your time. My th- Aside from reading and writing as you use as a newsman. Yes, I suppose. Well, except unless they're teaching you cursive, which you don't use. No. Except when I sign checks once that, a month. That's it. All you really need to know is uh you know, is how to how to sign your name for something. Or just do like a vague scrawl. Um but this business of 130 kids being out sick, I mean, I wonder if they've just lowered the standards for what it is to be sick. Well, they said if they were, like, even sniffling or anything or if someone, because you know how often you get, like, a common cold, like a cough or right. sneeze. So, because the, they're calling everything swine flu now. Just going to have such a, just a generation of weaklings coming. You know why? Seriously. I mean, really, because you're just going to be. Little ninnies. It's like, come on. Be ace. They'll never amount to anything. No, they won't, Tim. A gener- generation of failures. That's what we're raising. Because on the one hand, A, it psychologically makes you feel like you're fragile, right? Like you feel like, oh, I got to sniffle. I got to go home. Okay, I mean, I hate to sound like an old guy, but imagine what's going to happen. <laughs> but I must but say, but I am they'll, they'll have plenty you. of new people to move to Southeast when they need them. And as a proud capitalist in this fading republic, can you imagine what happens when that generation gets into the workplace? I mean, the instant they have, oh, uh, I don't get the time to just stay at home. I have a car. I'm a whiner. Uh, so they're just going to have to not go to work that day. Also, 
Don't you need exposure to other kids who are sick to get your immune system working? That's what I always heard. Yeah, I mean, you got like, you got to be around disease, or else you're never going to, uh, you know, you're, you're never going to. Your white blood cells are never going to be working. That's disgusting. All right, it's uh, 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101. Welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from uh, MrSkin.com, the online celebrity nudity database, our good friend Mr. Skin. Good morning to you, sir. What is uh, new in the world of nudity? Well, Rick, uh, the movie Couples Retreat opens in theaters this weekend. Vince Vaughn, John Favreau flick, and uh, it's PG-13, so there is no nudity, but Malin Ackerman plays Vince Vaughn's significant other in this, and uh, if you want to see her naked, uh, you, you remember the movie Watchmen from last year? She had a nice nude scene in that. Right. Uh, she was also in uh, Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle, where she made her nude debut. And uh, uh, so she's been naked in quite a few things, but unfortunately not this weekend. But a little trivia on this movie. Uh, the director is Peter Billingsley. Do you remember that name? Uh, that Peter Billingsley of A Christmas Story. Fan. You got it. It's Ralphie. Yeah, he's all grown up directing movies now. And another bit of trivia, the mom in Christmas Story, Melinda Dillon, six years prior to that great role, was the girl in bed with Paul Newman and Slapshot Topless. Really? Yes, that's a great... Uh, she had some of the best uh, breasts ever, and uh, it's the mom from A Christmas Story, Melinda Dillon. I haven't seen Slapshot in, I don't know, probably eight or nine years. I have to go back and watch it now. Oh, yeah, you have to now, because it'll freak you out, because it's okay. Ralphie's mom in bed with Paul Newman. Fantastic. Yeah, so, uh, hey, also, there's a movie that opens in theaters this weekend called Trucker. It's an R-rated movie starring Michelle Monaghan as a truck driver who takes on her estranged 11-year-old son and has to change her ways. Um, uh, it's even though it's R-rated, there's no nudity. She is in her underwear. But if you search her at MrSkin.com, you'll see she did a movie with Robert Downey Jr. Um, a couple years back called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang at the hour and 11 minute mark. You could see Michelle Topless. But Trucker opens this week in theaters. And uh, I also wanted to mention uh, there's a movie called Assassination of a High School President, which is new on DVD this week. And Misha Barton, who's best known as Marissa Cooper on the OC, uh, is naked in it and has a great bathtub scene at the hour and 25 minute mark. Uh, fans of hers will be uh, very excited. Uh, like I said, best known as Marissa Cooper from the OC, but naked in Assassination of a High School President, a new release DVD this week. And uh, I wanted to also mention on Bored to Death on HBO Sunday night, uh, have you been watching that show? Uh, my uh, news director, Tim Riley, watches it, and uh, I've got it on my TiVo, but I haven't started. Uh, they're all kind of stacked up. I haven't seen them yet. Well, you know, the first two episodes, the big joke was everyone was bored to death watching it. But in episode three last Sunday, a girl named Jessica Blank had a topless scene that was uh, really top-notch. And uh, I don't know if it was a coincidence, but they announced uh, this week that uh, they're renewing it for a second season. So uh, you probably have to start watching it to get caught up if it's going to be around for a while. Well, so. and speaking of renewals, so uh, you and I had discussed, uh, I believe her name is Eva or Amore. Ava Amore. Did you see her on Saturday night? So she is, yeah, she, I mean, Sunday uh, night. she is Susan Sarandon's daughter. She's in Californication. And yes. yeah, so she made her debut on that show in episode two. And I believe you, this coming Sunday yes, night is it. when she will be topless. Stripper night, yes. Yeah, so we're very excited. Uh, the big rumor is she's going to unveil them uh, for the first time ever in episode three. And uh, even episode four, she's playing a student in David Duchovny's class who uh, moonlights as a stripper. So it's very exciting. That's fantastic. Excellent. As always, my friend, doing the Lord's work. You have a, a fantastic week. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Rick. Take care. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland.
It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is uh, Thursday morning, 503-228-4101 is the telephone number, 503-228-4101. You can also text if you like at 52051, or you can email. It is rick at rickemerson.com. Uh, so we've got more information on how it is that you can have your head and or body frozen. This is from the uh, the Alcor uh, company. You can fight in Afghanistan. So we'll we'll get this. We've got... Uh, so we've got, I guess, a three-page breakout here. of their, It's like their actual pricing chart. So this ties into the whole uh, Ted Williams head being put on a tuna can and hit with a monkey wrench. And I'm not making any of that up, by the way. So a supplemental ball talk coming up with Greg Nibbler in just one moment. Tim I wonder Riley if they do is... that for a common person, or you have to be somebody. Well, my... be beaten you with a be monkey wrench. to be on the tuna can. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> and my, that is the, that's only for the most esteemed of heads, Sarah. <laughs> My thing is like the the story that they were apparently jamming microphones into his head before they froze it because they wanted to hear his brain crack, which is just the weirdest thing. I mean, it's like what? How bored are you at work? I mean, like how many Sudoku puzzles have you finished before you decide? Uh, wait a minute, don't we have Ted Williams' head around here somewhere? Charlie the Tuna says, "Jesus, let's get to be star kissed." Um, Tim Riley is tracking the following creepy stories on your Thursday morning. Michael Vick scores his own TV show. There are more earthquakes in the Pacific. Levi Johnston is working out in preparation for his Playgirl photo shoot. And, although we didn't ask anybody else in the world, we're going to shoot rockets into the moon tomorrow morning at 4.30. Awesome. You say Regardless be, uh, of outcome. Are they going to be doing a showing of this at OMSI? Yes, you can go there at 3.30 in the morning and watch with a giant telescope. <gasps> Ooh. And I think they're showing it on a big screen, too. Oh, we could totally do that before work tomorrow. We could, so you could enjoy the... Who wouldn't the, uh, want to get up so early and... Yeah. See the last glorious that's, moments that's, of our that's moon. Three thirty in the morning. So. <laughs> before it's uh, before it's, it's blown gonna, into tiny It would just be us and crackheads. <laughs> is that is that Eastern time or Pacific time? That's our time. Okay, so it's they're actually doing it at four thirty. Yes. So we went to be there. Well, see, so we probably can't oh, do it, unfortunately. It, yeah. yeah, no, it's like we'll we'll get to see the rocket take off. We won't actually get to see the moon cracking. But in we half. can sit outside with a microphone, just like. Uh, we should do a live broadcast from oh, the, the humanity. Lot. We should. We should uh, I they thought you were going to say we should up the moon. rig the moon with microphones so we can hear it when it cracks. Uh, Kelly Clark from Willamette Week is here. You'll be uh, bringing us another installment of food porn as well as what stories from uh, Portland's finest weekly paper. Oh, man. We've got writers from all over the world invading Portland this weekend for Wordstock, which is basically just a book bookworm orgy. Uh, we've got uh, some very, very nice pickup lines uh, if you would like to use them on Christian women. Is this the thing you out? told me about uh, last night that there's it, because there's some Christian <laughs> women's conference happening and so you all decided to put together a list of uh, of pickup phrases and come on lines that might be uh, might be applicable to the uh, yeah, to the we're, Christian we're sect. pretty much going to hell. Uh, awesome. That's magic. Excellent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. is all coming up. At the meantime, in between time, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another exciting installment of Ball Talk. I'm Greg Nibbler. Let's talk balls. So uh, in college football, U of O maybe without their star quarterback for this weekend. Uh, looks like Jeremiah Masoli is probably not going to play. Nate Costa is going to be uh, subbing in when they play UCLA at the Rose Bowl. That is not good, and they will probably not do too well with that. Uh, tonight, uh, Nebraska is at Missouri. Nobody cares about that game because Nebraska sucks. And in NFL news, um, the uh, Vikings and the Packers actually set a cable television audience record. 
uh, when they played on Monday night. It's the largest ever watched uh, event on cable television with 21.8 million people. That was uh, last Monday night. And this is the Brett Favre thing. This is the Brett Favre thing, yeah. Playing against the Packers, his former team, and where he actually schooled them. He he did really well. Uh, So, yeah, 21.8 million people on cable watched that. And uh, in some other NFL news, Sean Merriman. You remember uh, his little uh, ordeal with Tila Tequila about a month ago? This is the uh, wait. Was it where he? This is the strangly, allegedly strangly guy. But that's the thing. But like, did that even was it even followed I don't up think on? It went because he, she was claiming he strangled her. But then the next thing we knew, it's like they weren't even they weren't pursuing it any, mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah, I believe the defense attorney or the the prosecuting attorney actually said that he's not going to uh, pursue charges on this. Do, didn't she have some series of Twitter messages like I'm so drunk because she was claiming she couldn't oh, be she drunk, couldn't drink, which is why her name was ironic because it was tequila, tequila. She couldn't drink, which is why, and she said that he was drunk and she was sober and yet they found a bunch of Twitter messages the night before she was talking about how loaded she was. How, t- yeah, talking about how right. loaded she was and his his defense was that she was drunk and trying to drive home and that's why right. he h- held her and restrained her down. Well, uh, she is back to Twittering. Apparently she ran into Sean Merriman who is the linebacker for the San Diego Chargers at a club, uh, I believe it was last night, and started Twittering a bunch of crazy suicidal, bizarre things and I've got a list of them here. Uh, one of them reads, Moonlight full outside tonight. He howls for me across the desert. Save me from myself. I was born to be with you. Wait, uh, hold on a second. Hold on. I mean, we need different music. Oh, different yeah. music. Let me find this here. Sarah, do we have this? Let me get. As dark descends into my world, I drown at night without a fight. One last breath before I go. Don't mourn me, world. I will die slow. And here... Oh, they are even rhyming. <laughs> well, of course, it's poetry. It's got a rhyme or it's no Your good, suicide Sarah. note has to rhyme. The devil has hunted me down. They want to take my soul from this world because I have a secret Cause. profound. So I'm giving in. God forgive me for my sin. Tequila, tequila. Okay, there you go. So. Tequila, tequila, poetry. For me. Well, it was nice while she lasted. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> that's too bad. Uh, she's still alive and kicking right now that we she'll know She'll be of. missed. Oh, yeah. She's, no, she'll be Twittering this for as long as she can. Uh, um, in uh, NBA news, the Blazers got their second win in a row in the preseason. Uh, Greg Oden had 20 points and 12 rebounds. He is looking like he is going to be awesome this year, so hopefully that continues until he hurts his knee and is out for the rest of the season. Um, so, But hopefully that's going to keep on going. So that concludes this edition of Ball Talk. There you go. Straight ahead, we have Kelly Clark from Alamut Week. We'll talk food porn as well. Tim Riley coming up with more news. 8 o'clock, actor and musician Rick Springfield joining us here. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Stay right there. Don't miss a moment of The Rick Emerson Show, or you'll be filled with desperate, miserable shame. I was toilet trained at 12. Listen online, live, or via podcast at KUFO.com. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. In just a moment, we have food porn with Kelly Clark from uh, Willamette Week. Tim Riley is tracking the following stories for you on this Thursday. A Gresham man is robbed of his Bible at gunpoint. And Gresham is where you need a Bible, really. And that was the last thing left to rob of this guy. And then uh, downtown Portland business owners are going crazy because there's a new plan out to increase bikeways throughout the city. 
The city's trying to force 25% of us to ride bikes all the time. In the winter when people are freezing, too? Yes. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. They're nuts. And the new pet of choice is the hedgehog. Awesome. They can't get enough of them. Now, is this in America or elsewhere? Uh, this is elsewhere. All right. It's 503 22 I have many observations about the subject of hedgehogs, but uh, we'll uh, get to those at the appropriate time. Oh, a school time. teacher steals his students' lunch money. It's 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101, or you can uh, text at 520-51 uh, at uh, 8 o'clock. Mr. Rick Springfield uh, joining us here on the Rick Emerson Show. We've been talking about, by the way, this business of firing a rocket into the moon. And so I guess the deal it's is... a great idea. It is a fantastic... Tim, it's the most American of ideas. I mean, if we can't own the moon ourselves, then no one should be allowed to have it. And it shouldn't exist. I know that I've asked this several times this morning, but I feel like we haven't really gotten an adequate explanation as to what the rocket is going to be doing other than triggering the worldwide demise of mankind and forcing me to shuffle across uh, the country with my son looking for water. Well, they are trying to find water on the moon. At least that, that's what they're telling well, us. And by, it's going to land in a giant crater. I don't think you can find things by blowing them up, though. I think that's the opposite. I think no, that... you can catch fish that way. We're trying to catch fish <laughs> on the moon. Is that really what it is? It's like the dynamite in the lake version of looking for water? I'm pretty sure. That awesome. makes perfect sense. Uh, we have text messages that say things like, Rick, you won't be able to see the rocket take off. It already launched. It takes more than an hour to get to the moon. <laughs> So my whole thing was that, like going out at four thirty and just like looking up and seeing if I could see the rocket streaking across the sky. But I guess that's not really gonna. I guess that's not really gonna well, work. It's supposed to stir up a lot of <laughs> dust on the moon. See, I, but my whole thing about Omsi giving you the ability to watch the rocket hit the moon, I am I'm skeptical of that though because uh, I was watching a whole thing about uh, the you know the, the sort of moon hoax thing and the other people who think that we didn't really go to the moon. And they were pointing out that, well, you know, the easiest thing to do would be if you could just aim a telescope at the moon and show them all of the crap we left up there. But they pointed out that there's no telescope that's powerful enough to do that. Mm-hmm. So if you can't... Uh, so you're thinking that you'll be able to see a rocket flying to the moon? No, but that's my thing. Is like you won't be able... Like, what is OMSI going to show, in other words? If it's so far away you can't see anything on the moon... Or unless it's the actual explosion uh, that you're going to be able to see, which I guess maybe is possible. Although I think that would be creepy. What if somebody doesn't know this is happening and they just wake up, look up on the moon, and they just see a huge explosion happening Big in outer space? Big chunks of the moon falling to the moon. Big chunks of moon falling to the earth. Jesus, the moon was looking at us funny. All right, hello, Kelly Clark. How are you? Oh, great as always. It's a it's a fantastic day to be alive. Is it blowing not? up the moon? All is right with the world. Blowing up the moon and hitting Ted Williams' frozen head with a monkey wrench. Exactly. I mean, it is the most glorious of uh, of days here. So let's talk about this business of picking up hot Christian girls with uh, you know with just the the well turned phrase of choice. Yeah, we actually did some reporting on this. It's not like we just made this up. Uh, there's a a conference called Women of Faith coming in. We realized uh, at a meeting that none of us knew any Christian women because we live in Portland and we needed to get some pickup lines. So we went to Danny Syme, who is the drummer for the band Menomina, and he also has a side project called Lack Thereof, and his new album is called I Was a Christian Emo 20-something, so we thought he would be the perfect dude to help us. So he gave us some, uh, should I just read a couple of the, the yes. best ones? So these are if you are uh, you encounter an attractive Christian uh, yeah, woman on the street and you're wanting to break the ice a little bit. And increasingly, you know, as, as, as Portland becomes a more cosmopolitan place, this will be useful in case you come across a woman of faith. You can use such lines as, I'll be a deer, you be Lot's wife. Okay. All or, right. It took me a second to put that together. Will you be the eve to my forbidden fruit? Mm, that one's that one's that one's less interesting. How All about right. your name must be Zion because I'd like Yeah. No. 
All right. But you know yeah. what? The Lot's wife one, though. I think you really peaked early with that, though. Peaked early Anything with that. that references either Gomorrah or Sodom. That's a, I think that's a pretty good that's one. That's one of the win <laughs> column for me. I will tell you this, though. So when the, the women of faith, when is this happening? When is this conference going to be here? This is happening on Friday and Saturday at the Rose Garden, in case you want to go down there. And uh, it's going to involve the Christian musician Nicole C. Mullen and Facts of Life star Lisa Welchel. Lisa Welchel, who played Blair on Facts of Life. Yes, and- which she's oh, an she- ultimate hot Christian chick. So there you go. She's all like crazy Christian now. She though, went she? nuts. She's I mean, yeah, she went nuts. Well, it's like she's crazy to begin with, I think. But then you add into that, the, like, the sort of hyper-religious aspect, and she becomes like full lot. It's like well, an exponential crazy. Now that Portland is armed with the right kind of ammunition, not only can we blow up the moon, but we can maybe nail facts of life stars. I uh, I am curious about whether this is just women from here or is, is no, it's these from like women all of over faith the world. from all over the world? No, it's it's supposed to be 12,000 women, which is what kicked this off. We got an email at the office that said 12,000 women descending upon Portland and all the guys in my office who were kind of dorks were like, oh yeah. See, And, that's, and the, then, yeah. The I Christian think thing. there is a common belief that women who are really religious are not hot and that's, that could not be further from the truth. Oh, no, that no, is no, just no. so unbelievably wrong. Uh, our, my gentlemen at my office were never under the belief that they were hot. It was just that they would not do anything with them because they did not have the proper pickup lines. No, so see, they that's... went to an expert. And this is a guy who writes songs about, you know, not being able to see or smell or touch God or or the difficulties of abstinence. So, you know, these are these are proven lines. I think in, in my experience, this is just the, the based upon <laughs> this is my uh, curriculum vitae. Uh, the, the, if my life has shown me one thing, the deal with picking up on Christian or really religious chicks is all uh, girls who are raised in a really religious environment, it is, it is some sort of very, very strict faith-based community, they all have this like three to five month window that usually comes when they're around 19 or 20, mm-hmm. uh, where they have either graduated from high school and they're living on their own, or they've just gotten out of college and they are facing the real world for the, you know, the, the, on their own for the first time. And that is when they decide to explore the new, to drink deep from the cup of life. Um, and the cup of so cool. Exactly. And you have about three to five months before uh, they freak out and then they, then their weird like religious guilt kicks in and then they, you know, and then they get back to the church. But that's fine because then it's like a, then, you know, it's like a self-cleaning oven. Then it's like a problem that makes itself go away. It's sort of at the end of five months and she's gone you and know, it's, it's a miracle. Really, what better place to break out than Portland and with our bearded, shy men? That's what I'm yeah. saying. So just remember that uh, religious girls are like a slingshot, Kelly. That, remember, uh, the, lots of life. The greater, uh, the greater the resistance, the further you can get with them. There you go. That's not me so much as it is Jonas Nightingale. On the opposite end of the spectrum, tell me about the other kind of girls that you, uh, y'all are, are talking about this week in Willamette. At the same time this is happening, we also have the 10th Annual Miss White Trash pageant happening at the Mount Tabor Theater on Saturday, which I... I'm lucky enough to be uh, judging. That is fantastic. I'm one of the judges, yes. <laughs> and so what do you look for in a Miss White Trash? You know, I look for authenticity. It's more than a tank top or a pair of scuffed up heels or some track marks. You really want to believe. It's I want to believe. Than, it's more than track marks. <laughs> it is a woman who seems oblivious to the fact that she looks like life has run her over repeatedly. <laughs> and she's proud. And this is, happens every year. Um uh, uh, Tony Hughes from Jesus Presley created this event. It's become more and more popular every year. They have a woman coming from the Netherlands apparently this year too. They have contestants all over the country who come in for this. And it's it's kind of a weird mix. It's kind of girls are like, woo, I've got a cowboy hat on and I'm going to talk, you know, sort of with poor grammar and I think I'm going to be white trash. And then there's some women who are just very proud that they like trucks, they like bologna, they like drinking, you know, a bush light 
and uh, they they want to celebrate their trashness, so, and they uh, what, usually win. What percentage of the girls in the white trash beauty pageant do you think are legitimately trashy? I mean, with the trash, it's the trash of the soul. Trash of the soul, maybe 20%. Well, see, but that's, that's but nothing to But they're such there. a goldmine, and these women are wonderful, and more than once they have gotten into cat fights. Like the runner-up and the and the winner have gotten into cat fights after that is fantastic. the pageant. The, yeah. and, the, and usually the prize is an RV filled with, <laughs> you know, cheap liquor, meat products. There's a wiener cannon at the event where they shoot out hot dogs into the audience. It is just, it's a mind-blowing terrifying meat smelling event i mean that really is and there's some nudity usually that's like a step ahead of the springer show though where it's just like two trashy women fighting and the prize is a toothless guy with no job exactly i mean that's you get your hands up my man and and i will say that authentic trash is way hotter uh than fake trash i mean like fake white trash has no there's no appeal to me there. no and we judges we because usually there's i mean there's a couple strippers who come and and they compete and there's a bunch of girl girls get in for free if they wear tube tops and uh of course it's the job of the judges really to separate the you know, the sequined hoary trash. The posers from the, from the poser the, trash from the, from the real true from the fine girls of busted magazine. Incestuous real thing. Excellent. It's five oh three two two eight four one oh one. Kelly Clark from Willamette Week is here. It's time for another exciting installment of Food Porn. Thank you, Rick. This week I'd like to recognize the genius of stuff on sticks. Be it a corn dog, an ear of corn, a piece of fruit dipped in chocolate. A whole pigeon, as we've talked about before. I don't know what it is about glorified popsicle sticks, but the taste of bland wood pulp seems to improve every single meal for me. Recently, I went to Portland's undisputed king of sticks, a place uh, <laughs> a place called Ping, which is housed in a space uh, that is below the old Hung Far Low, where they serve chicken butt on sticks, chicken hearts on sticks, I octopus on sticks. Chickens had butt. Well, I guess there must be sticks. something there. I think they have a butt. And it is delicious. I highly suggest that you stop what you're doing. Stop eating things with your hands and forks and other things that impede you from your food. And just go straight from the stick for now on. Wait, are you saying that the, the, the stick is an advancement in eating technology? Oh, absolutely. It's a step forward Because you fork? get the smell of stick at the same time. Who doesn't love the it's smell like, of stick? It's like its own flavoring agent. It's it's kind of an amazing thing. I get it. So, I mean, I think maybe if you were going to look at the pro- progression of eating implements, it goes from it goes from chopsticks to fork, which is like mm-hmm. a monumental step forward, and then to the stick, which actually, the stick sort of uh, actually obviates the step of having to cut the food, because oh, then yeah. you'll just be able to hold it you near your mouth and you can sort it. of eat around it as though it were an ear of corn. Yeah, I mean, I think people really want to get back to the land. They're all about sustainability. They're all about natural foods. And what's more natural than just shoving something near your face and gnawing? No, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Excellent. The Rick Emerson Show heartily agrees. Mm-hmm. Read her in print in the Willamette Week or online at wweek.com. She'll be back next week with another exciting installment of Food Porn. Kelly Clark from Willamette Week. Straight ahead, more news from Tim Riley coming up later on in the hour. Uh, we'll have a supplemental ball talk with Greg Nibbler and uh, a uh, interview with Mr. Rick Springfield, musician and actor. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Share your thoughts with billions. They're scouring goose and commies. That's what freaks me out about them. Sour pusses. Call 503-228-4101. The Rick Emerson Show returns. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. Coming up at the top of the hour at 8 o'clock, 
Mr. Rick Springfield, actor and musician, uh, will uh, join us. It's 503-228-4101, plus a double geek watch coming up at some point before the end of the show. And uh, your chance at a pair of tickets to see Juliette Lewis and the Romantiques this Saturday at Dante's, as well as a private acoustic performance earlier in the day. So be listening for your chance to win that. At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It's 742. It's going to be sunny today. Highs near 70. Downtown Portland business owners should be worried about this whacked-out plan to increase the number of bikeways through the city. Now, right now, we have 630 miles of bikeways. The new plan calls for that to increase to 930 miles by the year 2030. If man is still alive and can survive, the goal is to get 25% of Portland's population to ride bikes to work. Even in bad weather, in the middle of the winter, freeze to death and get soaked. Which just seems like an ill-advised plan because you got to imagine, I mean, because we have such a huge number of of cyclists right now. Yes. I mean, and there's not enough, I I don't know, maybe the theory is that there are people who want to bike, but they don't because they don't have bike lanes Mm. near their place. But that... But that doesn't make any sense either, though, because if you know anything about Portland cyclists, they have no problem driving in the middle of the road where there is no bike lane. So it's not like the lack of a bike lane stops anybody with a bike in Portland from driving somewhere. No, my friend Heather, uh, she has a bike and she never rides it because she's so terrified of cars. And really? And like riding on normal roads. And I'm just like, you know, you just got to treat everyone like like they're trying to kill you. Yeah, I mean, that's, and that, you know, a bike lane, look, let's be honest, I don't mean to be morbid, but a bike lane isn't going to keep you uh, any safer than anything else, as I think past uh, history will show. So all the people for this want to turn uh, Portland into America's Amsterdam, which is a bad idea because nobody in Amsterdam works. All they do is smoke pot and drink every day. No one's actually making a living there. <laughs> Just savages. They will get a but I suppose it wouldn't be any more different than the 12.2% unemployed today. Or the creeping socialism. Well, let's keep it that way and make it worse. Spreads across the land like a red cancer, Tim. And yes, I realize I just used the phrase past history. Crucify me! Here's Tim Riley. So we're going to bomb the moon tomorrow morning, and we've asked no one about this. But we're going to do it anyway. So... Uh, this is kind of complicated. First, they're going to send a satellite up so we can watch it on television, which is the best part. Okay, so that okay, because my question earlier was how was OMSI going to show this yes. since we know that there are no telescopes powerful, not that we have access to anyway, to see the surface of the moon. They're going to have a satellite there. Wait, is the satellite already up in space or are no, they sending it up? they're sending it up second. Does anybody else find this vaguely suspicious? Well, here's the... Pr- it's freaky. Well, here's the problem. Um... Apparently, there is, like, overwhelming evidence that every country knows, except for us. Well, we're probably told, but people aren't smart enough to gather this information, that back in the 60s, we had proof, and even during the Apollo 11 moon landing, that there were colonies on the dark side of the moon. There were certain uh, codes, even on Apollo 11, that, that sent the message back to NASA that says, quote, these babies are huge, sir, enormous, oh my God. You won't believe it. I am telling you there are other spaceship out there lined up on the far side of the crater edge. They're on the moon watching us. Of course, we never heard that here. Why you got to freak me out like that? Is this like that thing about how we discovered that the Soviet Union went to the moon? In that 19- was true, too. When was that, that they went to the moon? No, they, they shadowed us during the moon landing. They didn't actually land. They sent the spacecraft up there to keep an eye on us. Wait a minute. I don't think I knew that part of the story. Ever, okay, I have to stop. Just I have to get a moment of It was center. on the BBC a couple of weeks ago. Oh, I have to I have to I have to go to a soothing place for just a second. All right. So we have to It's like the pioneers moving west. There are Indians on the on the moon that have to be killed. So we have to do it. <laughs> 
So there are Indians on the moon and we have to kill them? Yes. If we want to settle it peacefully for the white man. <laughs> and this is the way we do it. This just in. We have discovered some Indians that are left They're on the moon. But this we- time you can see it on television. <laughs> well, Americans Americans do love to observe but such things. you're not going to be able to see it because there's going to be a big cloud of dust. Now, we're going to crash into the moon at 5,600 miles an hour. Can you is- imagine that that's seven times the speed of sun? Is your brain going to explode? This is not planet Earth that's crashing into the moon, by the way. We should be very clear about rockets. this before we start alarming rockets, everybody. Rockets. What, yes, multiple rockets? rockets? Or just rocket? Uh, two. We're told. Okay. It's going to create a force of 1.5 tons of TNT and throw 772,000 pounds of lunar dirt out of this crater. Oh, this is freaking me out. Okay, and I'm, I'm not a I'm not out. a guy who gets weirded out. But by everything's going to be fine. But why would we blow up the moon? This no, we're not message, trying to blow it up. This, we're, we're trying to uh, we're looking for water, according to NASA. This text message says. Rick, please let uh, everybody know they are not really trying to blow up the moon, just the secret moon base before the Chinese, Russians, or Indians find it. And Tim is nodding his head in assent. So you are saying that as you understand it, now we're not necessarily saying I, I this think is he, a fact. I think he's cutting to the chase. We have That's a moon what, base? That the, the theory is that Tim is, is a, Tim is saying that there is a theory. On the dark side of the moon, it has been seen in the past, maybe 40 years ago, that there were settlements... Of ETs. Now, okay, so now, like I, I said, I'm, I'm not a, trying to go crazy. Or not like it, this is not like one of ours. It's, in other words, it's not like a moon base that we put there. No, like some trailer park. These are other people, like an Independence Day. What? Why would we wait this long to blow them up, though? Why wouldn't we have blown them up then? Well, because we're not, other countries are ready to colonize the moon. Oh, and we the, have competition they, now. We cannot let the the red Chinese, the Japanese, or the Europeans, or anybody else get there before us. We are Americans. And we Thank kill you. people first. Is this like a thing where we don't want anybody beating us to the punch and enslaving uh, those, those creatures and we, bringing them oh here God, to do our like work? District Nine. Like thing? some. That's totally sure. what it is. We've discovered like some a, ET uh, crawling up the Empire State Building, swatting at jets. This we've discovered a source of cheap labor on the other side of the moon, and we don't want anybody else getting to it first. Uh, so let me just. I mean, you know what? That's exactly what this is about. And so we didn't have any competition. Now people are forging ahead of us. The Chinese have tons of money. They've been building fireworks for decades. Is this like is this like after Jackson died? If that doctor had instead of sending some women to get files out of his warehouse, he had just ordered it to be burned down. Is that really what we're talking about here? You know, no, we're trying to make the moon safe for democracy. Well, no, I understand that, Tim. Of course, that is our job everywhere. And the first step to making something secure for democracy is to blow it into powder. We we understand right. that we do that we do that time and time again. We what? know that works. How many rockets? I cannot believe I'm even using these phrases today. How many rockets are we firing into the moon tomorrow? Let's see. I mean, do we have any sort of? I mean, it's not all. Is it, it all looks at like once? There were two. No, we're going to send. Uh, let's see. It is a Centaur rocket weighing two tons. The rocket will crash into the crater at five thousand six hundred miles an hour, creating a brand new crater five miles wide. And the theory is that this is to look for water. Yeah. Is there... They could have made up a better lie. Is that, yeah, that's not even... But people aren't smart enough to question that. There We're is looking for water on the moon. What's no wrong with that? There's no plausibility to that at all. First of all, because there's no... It's Look, this isn't... I'd the, love to drink water from the moon. This isn't the miniseries V. It's not like we're running short of water here and everybody's uh, all parched. It's not like we need something else, uh, you know, to well, make Aquafina out of. Nobody has been... Dis- no one started discussing this until... Last night. <laughs> or for the most part, this morning. Do you suppose they, the government figured out that we were all going to go, hey, what's that saddle? What is that explosion happening in the sky? And so they had to put out a cover story? I suppose this one was ready. They pulled it out of a file somewhere. Should I be taking these calls? Hold on. Let's see. Let's talk about the moon. People are calling about. Hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson Show. How can I help you? Hey, Rick. Hey. Uh, I have full moon information for you. Yes, go ahead. 
Uh, I can tell off, he knows. First off, the mission is called, uh, I guess, I don't know, lacrosse. Not the sport, but... L-Cross. L-Cross. Yes. That's the, is that the code name for the moon blowing up thing? It, it, it is yes. short for Lunar Crater Observation and Sensing Satellite. Yes. For some reason, they use both the C and the R from Crater. Well, it's easier. Um, but what they're doing is basically, the idea is by crashing into the moon, they're going to send a whole bunch of debris, and then they can just scan the debris rather than scanning to the actual moon. Didn't we already bring back stuff from the moon to examine? Yes. I've seen crumbs uh, from the moon before. I mean, we were there, I, right? Like, a, it's like a, you know, it's, it's like when you go to Niagara Falls, you take a little bit of, a, you know, you, you stop by the gift shop, you pick up a, a snow globe or whatever. Yeah, but that is from the light side. This is somewhat in the dark side of the moon. So the dark know. side of the moon, where the alien bases were. There you go. All right, it's five zero three two two eight. Four one oh one. Or still are. I feel like it's my head that's actually gonna explode at some point before the end of the show. It's five oh three two two eight four one oh one. It's gonna be so cool if the moon blows up on my twenty ninth birthday. I don't well, I mean you'd always seven hundred seventy two thousand yeah. pounds of dirt. You, Maybe someone land in your on your roof. Here's my final observation about the moon uh, blowing up tomorrow. A well this is two parts. A you would always remember this birthday. Uh and kind of like really, St. Helens. Oh uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You'd know exactly where it's you like were. Blowing up a whale, only bigger. <laughs> and, and B, all right, I got a sub-question I'm going to ask next hour. I won't do that here. Um, a, a, this show is not long enough for all these moon questions. Here is my thing, though. You know, when you re- when I was reading Cormac McCarthy's The Road, uh, and, you know, and I'm not giving any spoilers. In fact, it's the opposite of a spoiler. They never really explain what the apocalyptic event was. It just That's sort of happened. That's what makes it so unnerving when uh, you're reading the book. I have always assumed, though, just by reading it. The explosion of the moon. The exp- well, the, the explanation that my brain came up with was that something hit the earth, like a meteorite, and then a huge blanket of uh, debris and dust went into the earth's atmosphere, and then it blocked out the sun. And just Be- never settled again. Yeah, because without sun, everything on earth dies, and that would explain everything that happened to the book. I don't know. Why don't we blow up the sun? I'm just saying, well, see, but that ought to be the next, that ought to be the next step. We can expand. So as, every time we're discussing this moon story... I'm just picturing, and then we spend every day walking underneath an accursed sun that could never be seen, looking at a borrowed earth with borrowed eyes and borrowed time with which to view it. But the good and then part, I kill myself. The good part about this is something good is actually happening before we go on the air for once. Well, yeah, on a Friday. We'll <laughs> so we can hear broadcasting to the bitter end. Awesome. Uh, it's 503-228-4101. Uh, straight ahead, Mr. Rick Springfield. The Rick Emerson Show continues right after this. These are the latest pictures from the Mars probe, NASA's most recent triumph in space. The Mercury Project, the Apollo missions, and the Mars probe. Now NASA embarks on its most daring and exciting project yet. Thank you very much. We have an announcement to make uh, on July 4th of this year. America will blow up the moon. We have the technology. The time is now. Science can wait no longer. Children are our future. America can, should, must, and will blow up the moon. Yes, and we'll be doing it during a full moon, so we make sure we get it all. Blowing up the moon fever has gripped the entire country, including the president himself, Guy Whitey Corngood. Let's do this. We are just ecstatic, our whole family. We're going to have a party and watch the moon blow up. I'm going to bake a cake in the shape of the moon blowing up. When I was a boy, blowing up the moon was just a beautiful dream. 
Now it's science fact. This is the moon blowing up, and this is me smiling. The Rick Emerson Show continues next on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. In just a few moments, we will have our interview with Mr. Rick Springfield, actor and musician. He's going to be on the four-episode arc of Californication, beginning with... Blanc. Beginning with this Sunday's episode at 10 p.m. It's good to know that in a world of changes, moon blowing up, etc., there's some things that are constants, such as the Windows XP sounds that come from Tim's side of the room. Hello, Tim. What uh, stories are we following? And your mic is off. What stories are we following for the people of Portland this morning? I thought I was here. Anyway, we're going to talk about more about blowing up the moon tomorrow morning at 4.30. What will you be doing? Also, um, misguided Somali pirates mistakenly attack a Navy ship with hilarious results. Nearly one in four people worldwide is now a Muslim. And guys with educated women live longer. I've got the uh, greatest moon story, by the way. I'll read just a paragraph or so of this, and then uh, Mr. Rick Springfield uh, will be joining us. This is from, and this is from, not from like some crazy newspaper. This is from the Dallas Morning News. Do you want some accompanying music? Uh, do we have a company? Do we have yes, moon we music? Mm-hmm. All right. This is from 1963. Is this Telstar? It certainly is. Well done, Tim Riley. All right. This is, by the way, this is uh, from the Dallas Morning News via the Associated Press, or vice versa. Nearly 270 moon rocks scooped up by U.S. astronauts were given to foreign countries by the Nixon administration. But the whereabouts of some of them are unknown. More disturbingly, and again, this is from the Associated Press, the Rex Museum, which is the Netherlands National Museum, announced last month... It tested its, quote, moon rock, end quote, and discovered it was actually a piece of wood, probably from Arizona. So, there you go. So, the, quote, moon rock that has been in the Netherlands National Museum, which we gave them, not so much moon rock as it is a piece of wood from Arizona. There you go. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Excellent. He's a Grammy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and musician. He's also an accomplished actor on screens both big and small, as well as performances from Broadway to Vegas and beyond. He'll be seen in this season's run of Californication on Showtime beginning this Sunday at 10 p.m. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, Mr. Rick Springfield. Hello, sir. How are you? Hey, man. I'm good. Uh, Californication is such a layered and textured show. There's so many levels to the characters and to the tone, and the word is that your performance is no exception to that. Tell me a little bit about what you are bringing to Californication, your character. Oh, just more warpedness, I think. Um, I play, actually, I play Rick Springfield, but it's, uh, it's a very twisted, twisted version of me. I mean, everybody on the show has sexual issues, so of course... This character has has to have some too, along with dr- drugs and uh, <coughs> and other stuff. But it's uh, uh, I did four episodes, a four episode arc, and it was uh, really really amazing. I mean, the the writing's great, and the, the people are uh, great to the actors are great to work with, and it was just uh, really a, a great experience. 
in real life, of course, you are a musician and an actor. So with Californication, you are, let me see if I can get this right, you are an actor playing a character who is a variation on the real-life actor and musician who is you. It's confusing just to, just to say. Uh, how much of that character is drawn from your own personality? Well, you, as an actor, you draw, I mean, me personally, I try to draw from things that have happened or things I've imagined. That's, that's how you make it real. And, uh, I mean, if I have or haven't done any of the particularly deviant things, then... You know, I've done something like it, or you, or you, you know, you, you don't have to murder someone to play a murderer. You just, we've all wanted to kill somebody at some point in our lives, and that's what you draw on that that kind of uh, that kind of emotion. The character of Hank Moody, uh, as played by David Duchovny, is equal parts uh, addicted to and disgusted by some of the elements in what we'll call the rock and roll lifestyle. As someone who has worked all the facets of, of show business, did you ever have those moments for yourself where you were sort of loving it and at the same time you know, a little horrified by the whole thing? Mm, loving it first and then maybe horrified after. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, there's, there's elements of that in everybody, I think. You know, there's, there's a, a part of you that, that steps back and, and looks at what's going on, and there's a part of you that's in there, you know, pedal to the metal so i think that that's just tr true i think that's what's great about the show it is very very people can uh, can relate to it if they if they don't have the same kind of addictions they have addictions everybody does uh, you had a long-running role on general hospital which you actually reprise from from time to time you also had parts in uh incredible hulk wonder woman rockford files the young and the restless even in that uh, the the 1978 um battlestar galactica film i mean do you do you even sleep? I mean, I, how did you even find time to be a rock star? <laughs> that came first. Everything else is done around that. Um, you know, I've always been a songwriter and a, and a guitar player. I just started singing because no one would sing my songs. So um, it kind of went from there. Uh, and I got into acting when I wasn't, uh, I didn't have a record deal. I mean, I can always sit at home and play guitar and write. So the acting part, uh, it was actually kind of easy to, to, to slip in there. Speaking of acting, I have to ask, what did you think um, the first time you saw Jesse's Girl, uh, the way it was used in the movie Boogie Nights? I actually still haven't seen that. You just have never gotten around to it? Yeah, no, I've heard it's pretty amazing. Everybody has, has, has mentioned it. I just, it's weird. I just haven't, uh, I mean, I kind of came into it after the fact, you know, and uh, the movie was out and I didn't even know the song was in it, so... It kind of, uh, I st I'm still waiting to see it. It is. It's a very intense, uh, a gripping scene. On Californication, the the character of Hank Moody, the David Duchovny character, um, you know, part of his conflict comes from the fact that he has these sort of dual natures to him, and that he works a lot of his own life into his art. Uh, a lot of the things he experiences are worked into to his fiction, um, and that's got to happen to you. I mean. I know the names were kind of changed to protect the innocent, but but how many women have approached you over the years and claimed that they were the girl you wrote that song about? What, Jesse's girl, you mean? Yeah, I mean, have you, have you had a million girls come up and go, hey, don't you remember? I'm that girl. That's me. I'm Jesse's girl. No, actually, I think everybody would know that I would know. So I, no one's actually ever said that, though. When it first came out, a lot of my friends were giving me sideways glances. 
if I was after their girl. <laughs> the new season of Californication featuring Mr. Rick Springfield airs this coming Sunday at 10 p.m. on Showtime, and it's something you really ought to be watching. Um, so best of continued success in uh, life, music, acting, and all things, my friend. Thank you for spending some time with us. Uh, thank you. You know, it's Mr. Uh, Rick Springfield, ladies and gentlemen. It's 503-228-4101. Straight ahead, we have more news from Tim Riley. And yes, our continuing countdown to the blowing up of the moon. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next on Rock 101 KUFO. And if you are caller 10 at 503-228-4101, you're going to get a chance to see Juliette Lewis at Dante's this Saturday. Juliette Lewis and her band, The Romantiques, plus a special invitation for you and a guest to attend a private acoustic set at the KUFO Rock Lounge earlier in the day. Tickets available at the Dante Show for at uh, TicketWest.com. you got to be 21 and over. It'll be caller 10 right now at 503-228-4101. Back after this. Stay right there. This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. And I have magic genitals. On Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Sometime before the uh, bottom of the hour, your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Anvil, the Wonder Ballroom. They're going to be at the Wonder Ballroom February 11th, along with a showing of their documentary before the live set. Tickets go on sale this Thursday, available at Ticketmaster.com, 21 and over show. Um, a, a pair of those given away at some point before the bottom of the hour, so uh, be listening. It's 503-228-4101. Don't call now. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It's 8.23 on the day before we bomb the moon. I think that is the new dividing line. That's like the new AD. Uh, the BC. That's what I'm thinking, too. I'm like, Danger it's one of those things that went through your mind. Like, what do you do with the last day of your life? Here's what you shouldn't do is you, you shouldn't go to Google and just start uh, putting in phrases like bombing the moon. Because it'll freak you out. You just want to go home. It's and, uh, as we're reading astronauts' accounts of what they actually saw on the moon. How uh-huh. are you going to spend your last night on Earth, Sarah? Mm, with my sister and my friends. Getting ready for my birthday tomorrow. I was reading this article. Which what, is, if the, what if? Oh my they're gosh, going to attack on your birthday. The apocalypse is going to happen on my birthday. See, but I, I like we're all going different directions with this. Tim is convinced that it's going to wake up some alien civilization that lurks on the too. dark side well, of the there, moon. There is an alien civilization on the dark side of the moon. <laughs> there is no because dark side of the moon, Tim. It's all dark. They wouldn't permit us to take back rocks, and they said, "Take this stick and give it to the people of Norway and pretend it's a moon." And we rock. haven't been back. The thing that weirded me out, actually, is... It, we're waiting, we were waiting for them to get too old that they can't fight back, and this is the time. Well, do you we're suppose, waiting for them to leave, and they won't leave. If They're, they're like squatters. This is, they, we've decided the moon belongs to us, and they just won't move along. They're like, uh, they're like the homeless. So, do you suppose that we... If there was like some alien uh, settlement on the other side of the moon, that we figured we'd wait 40 years and lull them into a false sense of security? Like the aliens, are, they won't be coming back now. It's been 40 years. You the know, United then, States is too weak. <laughs> Seriously, if we can create... Um, like we can create things that can see, you know, miles and miles and miles away. I bet that they can make a um, moon-reaching telescope, but they just haven't because they're afraid we'd see these alien ships. Well, see, no, I take that as an article of faith, and I'm not a conspiracy guy, but I just assume that whatever technology we have, like we've talked about this before, you, you got your like uh, your iPhone or whatever. Well, we all which, oh, we all talk. Don't talk to people who we consider under us. 
But, but I mean, it's like you think about the technology available to just you, just some average citizen. I mean, you could get, you know, the iPhone, which, which will allow you to, you can press a series of buttons into a magic box you hold in your hand and speak with someone in Australia, like right. 10 seconds later. That's, they, they probably had iPhones 40 years that's ago. That's the thing. So you got to figure whatever the government has. With unlimited know, minutes. Unbelievable. <laughs> they didn't, with no requirements for a friends and family plan. Um, so I figured that they probably got, you know, the government probably has the technology that can see the, the moon or whatever. But you all are with the uh, space civilization thing. Yeah. My whole deal is, I mean, whether or not that's true, I just think it's probably a bad idea to be firing rockets into a thing that we need to regulate the tides or the, the whatever. And also, well, they're, they're claiming it's so we can find out if we have enough water in the moon to fill up our swimming pools once we colonize it after we kill all these aliens. But this is my question. If... If we're doing this <laughs> to look into the presence of water on the moon, how long has this been planned? And the reason I ask that is... Long time. But didn't they just announce like a month ago that there is water? Like, there's no need to look for it. We found it. It's there. Well, there has to be enough. Enough for... To colonize the moon. All right. And for uh, water-powered space weapons. Yes. All right. And some guy just sent me an email that said, you know, bombing the moon is in violation of space law. That is true. But, but there's who nobody would, going to enforce it. Who are you going to arrest? Nobody's stopping us. Yul Brenner. Yul Brenner from Westworld it will, uh, so will we, come we to enforce So we all agree that. that we're meeting at OMSI at 4 a.m. tomorrow because the show begins at 4.30 sharp. Actually, the show begins at 3.30. Okay, we should clarify what we're talking about here because we're going to... Even oh, yeah, I'm a lot becoming of people confused. just tuning in. We're bombing the moon tomorrow, ladies we don't, and gentlemen. Okay, and we don't mean our show begins at 3 a.m. or 4.30 a.m. Our show begins at 5. Here. The bombing the moon show, which I guess is now what we're calling this. That means that they bomb in the moon show. The opening which act, pay-per-view. which I think is, uh, that's at 3.30 with the launch of the... Well, how long does it take a rocket to get from here to the moon if it's not like an hour? Does anybody know? That was like a I don't days, know. a day. You're making that up. You don't know. Totally well, we've, ne- that we've never bombed the moon before. Greg, how long does it take a rocket to get from here to the moon? I would guess it's a couple of days. See? So the rocket is He's already en route? I guess so. I, I don't know. Well, it's a good says, question. Well, the, the oh, impact is scheduled at 4.38. The impact. It's going to hit the moon okay. at 4.30. Here's a question. I know this sounds like an academic distinction, but we've had two different stories today. One, that we're bombing the moon. The other, where they're firing rockets into the moon. But the rockets are the bombs. The rockets are the bombs. No, but see, but there's two, they but, are projectiles. No, no, they're two different things. They're two different things. And I don't, I don't want to turn into Bruce Aguilar and everybody, but they're, they're two different things here. And the reason, the reason that's important is a bomb doesn't have its own propulsion you just drop it a rocket you actually has its own uh has its own engine you know its own force and so my question is if we're bombing it is that from like a satellite that is already just sort of orbiting the moon now and it just drops it into the orbit Maybe it's and it the lands satellite that's going to be recording it no tomorrow. it's See? it's being carried up there and the satellite is following it so, so we're, it's not, just so like it's a like television a, truck chasing an ambulance so it's like a missile actually we're actually yeah. so it's not a bomb so much as a missile right, it's which an is old terrifying. useless rocket that's not good for anything else wouldn't so somebody on the moon didn't somebody, wouldn't somebody have noticed that we launched a bunch of rockets a few days ago and wouldn't they have asked why? Like, what do you point, these? We what, don't allow people to ask why. What's with all these rockets pointed at the moon? Nothing. Look you over there. You know, there was some secret meeting with Bill Pullman and all of the, like, the, the And Robert Loggia. Exactly, all the ambassadors. Mr. All President, this has to be done. They've been having secret meetings because they know that the aliens are coming. Target remains. All right, let's, uh, should I be picking up this, uh, am I going to regret it if I answer these, these phones, Greg? Yeah, probably. All right. Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. How can I help you, sir, madam, as the case may be? Yeah, you got to look at uh, this for what it really is, the bomb and the moon thing, yeah. as a last desperate ploy in the war against terrorism. Hello? I, yes, I'm, I'm unclear. Is this, uh, is this humor I'm experiencing? Oh, sorry. It's got to be a act of unspeakable violence against something that 
couldn't possibly shoot back. So all the terrorists think we're hold at- on a second. I we're losing your call. It's no. I'm sorry. I'm trying so desperately to hear you. No, damn it. I oh, oh looks like it. That's too bad. What a shame. Here's Tim Riley. So anyway, that's what's happening tomorrow. There you go. So we'll be on the air shortly after five to tell you exactly what happened if we're all still here. If there's, if there's air to be on. So if, somebody has. Uh, well, and that's, if I can start my car, well, they might shoot a beam down. Here's a question: What would happen if we didn't have the moon? I mean, if the moon was just sort yeah, of it'd be daylight, daylight gone, the tide and stuff, wouldn't that just be an apocalypse? Yes. Uh, so I without so I guess without the tide, we'd we'd be in a bad way. Is that really true that the moon controls the tide, or is that the thing that we do, we've always just been told is the case? That no, the thing confuses me. The whole thing of the moon and the tide. And I know this sounds like I'm asking another jackass question, but that's what we do here. Because, you know, the question I've always asked is this. The ocean is huge. You know, the ocean is massive. I mean, it weighs billions and billions of tons, that water. Yes. So my question has always been, if the moon can move the ocean around, like, why isn't it moving this pen? It is. We're in motion right now. No, 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 but the... Okay, but that's different. The waves are moving back and forth in the ocean, like huge towering waves in the ocean, moving a lot because of the moon. This is much smaller, but Maybe it's not it's moving, moving at all. Well, the moon seems to pull water. Maybe it's pulling the water in our bodies. That's why people tend to get crazy. Right, but I'm asking the question about this pen. Like, if waves move around because of the moon, why isn't everything rocking back and forth right now? Will somebody handle this, please? I'm just saying. I just It's a thing that, it's a thing that, that puzzles me. I don't know. I'm puzzled. In other words, why is it that it's only the water that is visibly moved by the moon? I, you're looking at me like I have the answer. No, I'm, no, no, no I, I'm aware that none of us have. We never have the answers <laughs> to anything here. The, yeah, the moon pulls the tide. That's, that's all I've always heard. You've just it. been told it that by the man, water. Sarah. Meanwhile, NASA has just released a statement saying the moon bombing is nothing special. Just searching for water. We bomb the moon all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No yeah. big deal. All right. So they're working on a mission to crash a spacecraft into the moon in order to make sure that there is water. Wait a minute. Does this mean that we're secretly running out of water on Earth and they won't tell us? Is that really what this is about? Maybe moon water is tastier than Earth water. Oh, we must start hoarding. Is that like is that what like the guys talked about how it's been frozen inside a glacier until they put it in a bottle that you could buy at the Plaid for a dollar? They're telling us that they're not, they're not planning to split the moon in half. Well, of course, no one plans to split the moon in half, Tim. <laughs> right. That's always an accident. Apparently, there have been some internet rumors about that. Planning, that's always a thing that happens when you let the technology genie out of the bottle. So, it'll orbit and crash a Centaur rocket. A Centaur? And a a smaller spacecraft called a a Frost. Is that a rocket with the head of a horse? (laughs) In order to create a crater, (laughs) this crater is going to be 70 feet wide, 16 feet deep. That doesn't seem like much of a crater. The two that's spacecraft more will be pothole. crashed into the Cabeus crater that's found at the moon South Pole at a speed of 5,000 miles an hour to eject 880, uh, 380 pounds of lunar dust and soil. Yes, this is all the. This is all very. Uh, it's very confusing. And awaken the aliens, and then they come. This back. is on the dark side of the moon, where the aliens are camping out. Oh, I'm sorry, crater. I barely knew her. All right, let's get a couple of hello. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. How can I help you? Uh, yeah, I was calling about, you guys were talking about the moon and yeah. uh, the tides. Um, I I think this could be correct. You might want to check. But uh, I believe that the reason it affects the tides is because the gravitational pull of the moon as it's rising and setting pulls the waves across the sand, and that's actually why we get the waves. Well, I'm not, I'm not disputing that, but I'm saying, like, if that's the case, why is it that it only pulls the ocean, which is big and heavy, and it doesn't pull like pieces of paper across my desk? Well, it, it doesn't. It doesn't pull the entire ocean, though. It just pulls pieces of the ocean. Pieces of the ocean. What does a piece of the ocean look like? <laughs> um, I'm assuming it looks like a molecule with uh, 
two hydrogen atoms and an oxygen atom. I'm guessing. I don't know. Is that sarcasm? I can't tell. I can't tell if I'm being made fun, made the object of fun. All right. Uh, what is your name, sir? This is Jesse. All right, Jesse. You call us anytime. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. So it, it'd mess up the tides if the moon wasn't there. All right. Somebody has a good explanation. They said that the moon and the earth are like magnets to right. each other. They and the are only attracted thing, to each other. And the only thing that the earth can't hold on to is the water. Correct. The moon tries to pull at anything on earth to bring it closer. It's also very confusing. That's so cool and creepy. Right, well, fun. so you'd miss the moon if it wasn't here. I guess. You'd Almost. have more questions if the moon wasn't here well, than you do now. <laughs> we'll find out, won't we? It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. And right now, if you are uh, caller 10 at 503-228-4101, you're going to get a chance to go see Anvil at the Wonder Ballroom on February 11th, along with the showing of the documentary before their live set. Tickets go on sale Thursday. Uh, well, that's today, actually. Tickets on sale as of now. Available at Ticketmaster.com 21 and over show. But if you are caller at 503-228-4101 and get a chance to see Anvil live at the Wonder Ballroom. It's 503-228-4101. This is the Rick Emerson Show. In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world. And you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind, that word should have new meaning for all of us today can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interest. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July, and you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution, but from annihilation. We're fighting for our Should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night, we will not vanish without a fight, we're going to live on, we're going to survive. The Rick Emerson Show continues next on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Rick Emerson Show, let's welcome now uh, from Court and Fatboy in the afternoons 3 to 7, uh, our good friend Court, who is entering into the uh, the fray on the, the moon explosion that's going to be happening tomorrow. Okay, apparently you guys uh, don't listen to the Court and Fatboy show in the afternoon, because we've been talking about this for about a week and a half. Well, I tried to listen online, but the stream wasn't working. That's nap time. <laughs> um, okay, so, uh, so many things, so many things. Uh, okay, first of all, the uh, the reason why they are, quote, bombing the moon is so they can get all this stuff to fly up into the into the atmosphere of the moon, and then they can look at it with all the complex machines and see if there is, in fact, uh, ice in these craters they need the ice in the craters so that we can build moon bases there because we can't bring the, the the water with us so we need water on the moon so we can build moon bases then we can move on to mars after that i can't this sounds like a mixture of a nasa press release and like a robert a heinlein novel where we'll all be in flying cars on cloud cities yeah what about the aliens court 
There's, there are no aliens on the moon. So We're repeating have... the man's lies, Court. <laughs> How dare you say that Tim Riley is not telling the truth? Oh, my God. Uh, no, you know, there, there are no aliens on the, bo- the moon. There are no moon bases on the moon yet. Um, they launched the rocket uh, a couple days ago. Uh, the other rocket they're launching is to observe the other rocket hitting the moon. Didn't they just announce like two weeks ago that there is water? Like they don't need to check. They know it's there. No, they actually do know it's there, and that's the, the kind of frustrating thing about all this. Is I, I think it was the um, the, the Indians, the, the you know, the, not the Native Americans, the other ones, um, who have already they've already. <laughs> I told you there were Indians on the moon. <laughs> they, they they actually crashed something into the moon already. Uh, they figured it out. There is water on the moon. We're we're just doing it, you know, because America. Because we like uh, to blow stuff up. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So, um, and and uh, as far as the tide thing goes, uh, the uh, yes, the, the moon does in fact influence the tides, and actually, it stretches the entire Earth. Okay, so it does. So the moon uh, doesn't just attract water; it attracts everything, but it's only visible with water. Um, yeah, you, I mean, you can only really see it with with the water. You notice it with the water, but in fact, it, it's it's kind of making the the moon makes the Earth kind of egg shaped. This is freaking me out. See, I don't even know if you're... You could be effing with me right now. I have no basis on which to pass judgment on this, this observation. I'm just so dense. I have nothing. Sir, I watch a lot of History Channel and Discovery Channel, so I know things. All right. Excellent. Uh, and so I see, and I apologize for not ha- having been privy to all this before via the fine uh, broadcast that is the Court and Fat Boy Show 3 to 7. I'm with, I was trying to, like, pass it off on technology. Really, I'm just asleep when that's when that's happening. But we shall listen today. I'll yes. listen forevermore. It's usually well, my nap time, but I will make it a point to listen. Well, just think <laughs> of how much terror and dread this could have spared us if only we'd listened to you guys. Exactly. If we believe you. Yeah, all right. Well, yes. All right. Thank uh, you, Court. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. All right. There you go. From the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. It's 8.51, less than 24 hours before we bomb the moon. Some people are going to go see it at OMSI. They are having a big viewing party. You're going to see the live satellite feed from NASA starting at 3.30 tomorrow morning. Many of us are going to be out there to see it. We will. Doesn't it seem it's like... Free. It, this is business At least of, we'll all um, be together if something bad happens. For the last That's day. Saying, so we can sing a final round of Kumbaya. Make those a, homemade signs that say, Welcome to Earth. Does it seem likely, though, that if uh, if we're able to build moon bases in outer space... It, it, look, let's just put it this way. If we can build outer space colonies, we can probably figure out how to take water. You know? Like, bringing along some water probably doesn't seem that difficult in the grand scheme of things. But then, then again, what do I know? Here's uh, Tim Riley. So there are other things going on today. There's continuing disrespect to the head of Ted Williams. <laughs> as those who work in that Arizona library continue to kick him around. That according to the uh, this new book that's coming out, that should be interesting to read. Even more so than that Phillips girl. But this doesn't in- include incest, just kicking of the head. When they pulled him out, they, they actually set his head on a tuna can to keep his head upright so it doesn't topple over. I know it, it's it's unbelievable. And when they pulled him out, of course, the, the tuna can stuck to the top of his head. They of actually course. used a wrench to take a swing at Ted Williams' head? Reared back to, to <laughs> hit the can off the head, missed, hits the head, then immediately rears back again and smacks the, the can square center, shoots it across a room. People need to know what the heck is going on in that facility. That is awesome. I, li- I also like the fact that you're paying 180 large to have your, your head frozen for all eternity, and the best they can do to prop it up is a tuna can. <laughs> I mean, shouldn't a stand... Who a tuna can But, but I, I don't... 
I, I I don't think that the monkey wrench would hurt. It's like a big frozen turkey. But I mean, like, shouldn't like some sort of commemorative display case come with the hundred and eighty thousand dollars you are paying to have your head preserved for you know, time and all eternity? It seems like you ought to be able to, you know, have, like have a little stand for like a look. You buy one of those Barack Obama plates. They give you a thing to put it up on, you know, to, to display it with a caring smile uh, and kind eyes, Tim. So I'm looking here. This is from Alcor. This is the company that froze and then apparently beat the head of Ted Williams. <laughs> Uh, we were asking about freezing just the head. Like, why would you? And Greg had a good point, which is that Ted Williams is famous because of his body. Not that he wasn't a smart guy, but I mean, he was an athlete, so therefore, it's you know, a lot of the body plays an equal part. Along with the break, yet the, apparently they just threw the, he only paid for the head and they threw the rest away. Body just goes into a dumpster. And Sarah had the question of, well, like, what do you do with the neck? Like, you just stitching it closed or something? Yeah. Or you is there like your styptic pencil thing and just kind of ooh? <sighs> There's no styptic pencil it's large like, enough. Maybe it's mounted it? on a decorative plaque. But I mean, wouldn't well, you if you're to... saving your head, you're going to have to leave that like fresh. Yeah, you wouldn't know? you? I mean, yeah, you can't just be closing that up like a like an arm stub or something. Is there like a bunch of uh, tubes or something that you clip to the bottom of your? Like one of those like tubes that you put at the end of like a flower, like oh, maybe a rose it's or something like to keep fu- it fresh. Futuristic Velcro. It's or it's, it's like you're going to just like one of those green spongy things, but with sugar water with a rubber band around it, and like a little packet of food. Uh, so I'm looking at the pricing structure here. This is from Alcor. It says minimum cryopreservation funding, hundred and fifty thousand dollars whole body cryopreservation. So it's only 150 grand to have your whole body uh, preserved. Neurocryopreservation, which I'm presuming is just the head, that's 80 grand. But you see, but if you're going to pay 80 grand to have your head frozen, why would you just not? 150. Right. That's like at the theater when they offer you like the next size up of soda for a nickel. You just you go with the upsell. I mean, what's another 70? But, but at I, that point? I can't believe that they're going to be in business for like hundreds of years. It's going to merge with Time Warner or something else before <laughs> that happens. I mean, that you would think that. You would think that you would be willing to splurge, and as Tim just noted, it seems like you're taking. I mean, look when when not even uh, when not even IBM is a stable company, when not even General Motors can stay in business, some place that apparently is going to be whacking your head around like it was a tetherball. That seems like maybe uh, I don't know, maybe it ought to be like your fifth or sixth choice, not first in terms of um, you know neurocryopreservation. All right. Well, in any event, it's uh, 503-228-4101. Don't forget, tomorrow at 9 a.m., so about the, I don't know, about the 24 hours and 5 minutes from now, the KUFO half-off sale at KUFO.com will update, including such items as a $100 gift certificate to the Multnomah Grill. Fresh, local, organic, and seasonal, working with local farms and growers. Whether you're having lunch for two or a banquet dinner for 800 the Multnomah Grill at the Doubletree Hotel is the place to get a taste of the Northwest. Available for purchase Friday at 9 a.m., those are $100 gift certificates, and everything there, of course, is at least half off, uh, half off sometimes even more. Uh, starting tomorrow at 9 a.m., those items will include a $100 gift certificate to the Multnomah Grill, or you can get one right now if you are caller 10 at 503-228-4101. They go on sale tomorrow, 9 a.m., at KUFO.com, or you can score one before you can buy it right now at 503-228-4101. We want to thank CNN Radio correspondent James Roop for joining us today. Also, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Court from Court and Fatboy heard this afternoon, 3 till 7. Kelly Clark from Willamette Week and actor-slash-musician Rick Springfield. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include uh, Aaron Geek in the City, Duran. And we we'll also have, have a mystery guest. The Weekend Geek, plus mystery guest, uh, plus Dax Holt from TMZ and Corey Miller from LA Inc. That is all coming up tomorrow, ladies and gents. Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dylan for Rock 101 KUFO. In the newsroom, Tim Riley on the phones, Greg Nibbler, the gatekeeper, is Dave. 
waves in. The webmistress Bridget from upstairs. Alpha Broadcasting Marketing Guru Susan Don't F with Me Reynolds. Executive Producer Christopher J. Paddock. Coming up next, it is Smells Like the 90s with our good friend Buzz Court and Fatboy this afternoon, 3 till 7. We'll be back tomorrow at 5 a.m. Until then, it is Thursday, October 8th, 2009, and that is The Frequency. Kenneth, my name is Rick Emerson. Thanks for listening. Be safe and watch out for snakes. Bye now. Tonight, we will blow up the moon. KUFO Portland. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.